gentlemen, what's good, y'all? Chris Gary, Andrew Benjamin, tuned into another edition of the We Are Rising podcast, your source for all things about the Rising Fighting Federation and Japanese combat sports, or we just shoot the shit. Follow us respectively on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Chris Gary. Oh, I lost you guys. Oh no, I'm still here. I'm still here, Christian. Oop, why are you sending him a message? <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Eric. That's all right. Christian, are you back? <laughs> yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, sorry about that. We lost you on uh, we lost you on our end. If you want to do that, if you want to run by that one more time, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, let me go ahead and do this shit over since y'all couldn't hear me. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, what's good, y'all? It's Chris Gary, it's Andrew Benjamin. You're locked in to yet another edition of the We Are Rising podcast. source for all things about the Rising Fighting Federation, Japanese combat sports. Or, when we don't have anything to talk about, we just shoot shit or interview some nice people. Follow us respectively on Twitter. I'm at ChrisGary92. Andrew is at Avenger1. Show handle. We are rising pod at W E A R E R I Z I N P O D all in one word. And you can check out the show on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and wherever you get your podcast, hopefully soon. But other than that, we have a guest, a repeat guest, Andrew, that I'm pretty sure you want to talk to as much as I do. So. Let's get this jump. Who do we have on the line? We got our best bud, Eric, from Fight Pros to talk the Ryzen 22 show that just happened this past Sunday at the PR Arena MM in Yokohama. And Eric, thank you once again for joining us. We appreciate you taking time out to uh, look back at this uh, very eventful show, very awesome show. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure, guys. It's uh, good to be here. And, uh... I just wanted uh, you. You are at Fight uh, Poser, uh, P O S E R, correct? Mm, no, the the Twitter is just uh, Twitter is just at Fight Pros, uh, F I G H T P R O S E, um, and uh, you can find the links to all my articles and stuff on Twitter. Yep. So just Fight Pros uh, on Twitter, and then. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I just I put up a big, super long. Fight Diary for the whole weekend for Ryzen 22, 23. I also talked a little Bellator, a little UFC. Uh, so that's up on the on the website now. Yeah, this 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 past weekend was like a packed, a, an entire packed weekend for MMA. Just everything. It was just like one show after another. 
Uh, not to yeah, mention. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I watched, I watched four events, man. It was like, <laughs> at the end of the weekend, I was pretty exhausted. I was like, oh, Jesus. Mm. So, uh, so uh, before we get into the Ryzen 22 uh, show, I just wanted to get your brief thoughts, because uh, we didn't talk about it, because they announced the streaming service, Ryzen Live, after this, uh, after our preview show went up. I want to get your uh, thoughts on the Ryzen Live platform, what your thoughts were initially when it was announced, and what was your... Uh, well, did you order on Sky Perfect, or did you do it through the Ryzen Live platform? Well, you know, actually, I, I, I was going to do the Sky Perfect thing, because I think it would have been better, but I actually can't do Sky Perfect on my TV. I, I, I tried, uh, but it, it won't, like, I don't have the proper antenna or something, so it doesn't, it doesn't work on my TV. Um, so, yeah, so I was watching, I was watching Ryzen Live, um, and, yeah, I thought, like, actually, the, the first day... I, I didn't pay, so I was just watching the, like, the for 22, I was just watching the trial. Um, and so I had a little trouble watching some fights after the trial finished, but but, <laughs> but 23, I, 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 I paid for, and so I watched everything. Um, uh, but yeah, but I thought it was, I thought it was really good, actually, the, in terms of the, the quality of the broadcast. Uh, but just, it's just the price, man. It's just way too much money. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like if they had, if they had said, all right, 50 bucks for both events, I, I think I would have been no problem, but, uh, but just 50 bucks for one event, it seems like a lot to me. What right? about, for especially with mm -hmm. no, no on demand, no rewind, nothing yeah, oh, yeah. like that, you know? What about, because I was thinking, because since they were doing the whole, oh, you can watch the four fights for, first four fights for free, kind of like making like a, a it's kind of like how UFC does, like, you know, the TV shows, the TV, ESPN, yeah. uh, and then, you know, when the show goes, the main card goes on uh, uh, pay-per-view, ESPN Plus, whatever. Uh, what a, I was thinking, would it have been smart of them to maybe offer the first show for free, because on paper, it was clearly the weaker show, and then just charge fifty for maybe the next show, or do you think that was something that like is not would not have been, even been possible? Uh, that that's actually that's a good idea. Yeah, that uh, maybe that would have been a good a good thing to do. I see. The the thing is, I think the original plan was to have tension on twenty two, mm -hmm. and so like you know if they had so maybe when they're planning everything out, you know they think okay we have tension on twenty two, so this is going to also be a really big show. Uh, so I guess they, they kind of thought they were equivalent in, in, in some way. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a, that would have been a good idea to mm -hmm. do one for free and then one paid. And now, well, one of the big questions was how was the stream going to hold up? And so, uh, with your experience with Ryzen Live, what did, was the stream as nearly perfect for you as it was us? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have any problems. I think I that's what that was the most surprising thing because I, I think a lot of people were expecting that you know first time streaming platform this is going to fail miserably. Oh yeah, I thought it would be a disaster. I, I really did. I thought it would just be like a total total train wreck, but uh, but it really worked out great. I was very surprised how how well everything seemed to work. And did you uh, did you watch the pre shows at all? That that one hour pre show. Where they were interviewing the fighters beforehand, and the commentators were just talking about the fights. Yeah, actually, you know, like both days, I think I turned it on about like eleven or twelve, or like here in, in Japan time. So like maybe like uh, like three hours before the start of the event, and uh, and they were they were running old fights, 
uh, like they were running old fights for a while. So I was watching some, watching some old fights and then, uh, yeah. And then like about an hour before the show, they would start with the, with the pre-show and yeah, it seemed, seemed really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I hope that's something that they, that they do going forward. Cause it really, you know, even though, you know, Chris and I do not speak good Japanese compared to you, obviously, who, who knows it much better than both of us. No, I no, think, it, great. <laughs> uh, I think it was a great addition to, cause it had, you know, it, it, it's kind of, it, it's, it, 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 there, it gave importance to all the fights in my opinion. Um, and also it's just something, it's something different that they haven't done before. So that's why I think it, it worked. I think, I hope they do it going forward. I don't, now, whether they, these shows go on fight or whatever, I don't know if they're going to include that. Um, or if they ever get real English commentators and not Chris, not people like Chris and I, you know, I don't know if they'll do any translations or anything like that, but I think it really added, um, really, I think it was a really positive addition to the, to the show to do all those, uh, interviews. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think Ryzen always does a good job, uh, like introducing their fighters and getting people to know their fighters. Like the, I think the Confessions show is one of the best, you know, one of the best things mm-hmm. going. Um, yeah, that's one of my big complaints with, with UFC really is like, I feel like they have all these amazing fighters, but you, but they're interchangeable basically. Like you don't, you don't know who's who you don't know, don't know anything about them. They have no personality. And, uh, with, with Ryzen, I feel like you definitely get to know, uh, people a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you know, all, the few UFC, uh, like whenever they do those fight diaries tend to be only of usually the co-main event or yeah. main event fighters. Um, so, yep. uh, and sometimes, yeah, which, you know, it's like, I know those guys, right? Like, yeah. I know, I know who Daniel Cormier is, right? I don't need to like watch a half hour documentary about him, but like you introduced me to some guy, maybe I don't know. It's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Or in the case of, uh, some fighters, you know, what, what, uh, with USC tends to be the flag is the only way to like differentiate fighters. And apparently that's a, uh, an issue going on there right now. So yep. take away that the, the one way to differentiate somebody from somebody else. But, um, I just want to uh, just uh, ask, what did you think was a better show overall, 22 or 23? Oh, 23, hands down, I think. I think definitely. I mean, I know I know, going into it, uh, you guys were like, oh, 23 is way better. And I was like, eh, I think 22 is pretty good, too. But but it, it turned out that uh, 23 was the better show, for sure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, were there any just uh, want to give uh, any little small takeaways from uh, 23 that you would just like to um, get off your chest or talk about? Uh, well, I mean, that the main event, of course, I think, I, I don't know if who expected Kai to be so incredibly good. I mean, that, that was just amazing. He just demolished Ogikubo. I was really, really surprised uh, by that. I mean, he looked great. Um, really, really encouraging. But the, but the big one, you know, was the, the Makoto Shinru fight i mean mm. that was just that was just unbelievable i mean the way he finished that fight and just it was like the sequence leading up to that finish was incredible that was a great great fight that might have been my favorite fight of the night from, mm-hmm. from 23 and that's like you know the fourth fight on the card or something mm-hmm. uh, like i remember i saw him he fought at bellator japan yep and i and i remember at bellator japan i was like oh this kid is really good and uh and yeah and he, he he showed it again it's very exciting very mm-hmm. exciting mm-hmm. Uh, right before we go into talking about this card, I'm going to read off uh, how many uh, the what the attendance was, and the attendance was 2,805, and this was reported by Bruno Masami. 
at brmasami on Twitter. And um, I know, uh, Eric, when we first talked to you, you, we asked how the tickets were selling. You said that they were not selling good at all. And I th if we could obviously see 2805 for a show that was supposed to be max capacity or 5000 Honestly, that's not that good. That's really... That's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. That's not even close. That's a little bit over half of, I guess, half of what 5,000 is. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think was yeah, the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, no, I just, like, like I said, I mean, they, they, they almost doubled the prices. Yeah. Um, like, I, I would have gone to 22. I, I was, like, sort of thinking, okay, I'm going to go to 22. But, uh, but then I saw that they doubled the prices, and I was like, you know, like, I'm still a little worried about corona, like, there are a lot of infections in Tokyo, like, I don't really, I don't, I just don't go out as much as I used to, and, like, so I'm, I'm not, like, if you're going to make me pay twice the amount of money to go see this event, and, like, eh, I'm, I'm not so, I'm not so into it, and I think a lot of people probably felt the same way, um, so yeah, I, I, I think it was expected. I mean, even like like two months ago or something on Twitter, they're talking about talking about this, and I'm like, there's no way they sell out these shows. And somebody was like, oh yeah, they'll definitely sell them out. I'm like, not a chance. And uh, and and that turned out to be the case. I mean, I, I, we were talking about baseball a little bit before we went on on the air here, and baseball is much more popular than MMA in Japan, and the baseball games are not selling out either. You know, so even with the even with the five thousand limit, the baseball uh, is not full. So yeah, so people are definitely cautious. Um, and then you add the extra expense. Go ahead. It's crazy to think by the pro say because you know baseball like a big time national sport, almost as national over there as it is here in the United States. Uh, definitely. I mean, I think actually sumo is the national sport, but, but baseball, I think, would be the most popular sport. Mm -hmm. uh, and, then, uh, and then probably soccer after that. The younger, like, like younger kids are more into soccer than they are baseball, kind of the same in the, same in the U.S. maybe. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so soccer and baseball, probably the two, two big sports. But, but obviously... You knew that the bike cars weren't going to sell out even with the capacity limit. Yeah, that, that's what that was my guess. I mean, that was definitely my guess that they wouldn't sell out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, with that being said, uh, Christian, do you want to take over and give the the first particulars of the first fight that helped set the rest of the pace of this basically these this two days of uh, great MMA? Ah, uh, yes, but before I even get off into that, you know, I just have to say and remind everybody that the entire fight card for Ryzen 22 did not last long. <laughs> Out of the nine fights on this fight card, eight of them, yes, eight of them, ended in a finish. No other fight aside from... The fifth fight on the card, which was Ibata versus Ueyama, which we'll talk about later on, even seen the judge's decision. So, yeah, that's going to be, I mean, it's impressive that we're going to finally get the chance to talk about this, but we're just going to peel back a layer, but we're just going to be like an onion and peel back a layer at a time. Mm -hmm. First fight on the card, Kenji Kato, further not. Ursan, Batman, Yamamoto into irrelevance. 
for the TKO. Right hook, three minutes, 32 seconds of round number one. Kato improves to 11 and second. No, Kato improves to 11 and seven. Ursion Yamamoto drops to three and five overall. Mm. Now, what do you think about it? Like many of these fighters when it comes down to fighting in Japan, I mean, like many of these fighters when it comes down to fighting in Ryzen, mind you, you know, they're unknown. We don't hear much about them. We don't know much about them outside of Ryzen professions. But did Kenji Kato impress you guys? I know it impressed. I know he impressed me and Andrew when we seen him live on, you know, the stream watching it. But still, did Kenji Kato's KO of Ursan Yamamoto impress you, Fighter Pro Se? And a question to the panel, is Ursan Yamamoto's MMA career just about finished? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I when we were talking about this this fight coming into it, I, I was not super impressed with Urson's uh, career up to this point. Um, and I think I think uh, you know I think did we all pick Kato? Uh, uh, you and you and Kristen, I was the lone uh, loser in this one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so so I mean I, I think it was pretty. I, it was expected. I think for me, um, uh, as in he, I mean he looked good. You know uh, I think. I think he got called out by uh, Trent Gurdum, I believe uh, Kato did. Uh, so maybe maybe that would be an interesting an interesting fight. Uh, but in, in terms of Urson's future, I think he needs to maybe go fight in a lower promotion or 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 something like that. I I, I think you know you're not going to see him on another Ryzen card uh, for a while, mm. if at all. Uh, I'll add to that, uh, Eric. So the, I have some post fight comments from both Kato and Yamamoto. Uh, this was uh, contributed by Shiroby at Shiroby, R-O-O-B-I, uh, on Twitter, who is a reporter. Uh, and Kato said, my opponent is famous. I can do grappling since I trained that with Satoshi. I believe he's referring to Satoshi uh, De Souza. And he said about Crazy Bee Fires, uh, Kato. Crazy Bee Fires like striking, so I prepare for that. And then... Yamamoto, uh, if you want to actually see a video interview of him, it's on Bruno Masami's YouTube channel. Uh, he gets very emotional, uh, cursing, and uh, very upset over the fact that he lost. And Yamamoto said, I don't remember much about the fight after he didn't switch position to... Andrew, was Ursan person in English? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course he always calls... Yeah, he was doing... Of course. He wouldn't be a Yamamoto if he wasn't cursing in English. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he said that uh, I don't remember much about the fight after he didn't switch position to my low kick, uh, and he does say I need to go to the local be to go fight in local circuit and be more active. I thought I can win, but I was not uh, active enough. And I'm guessing he's talking about uh, since uh, his last fight, um, which he uh, he was supposed to have a fight with Kazuma Sone last year, but then he got injured and did not have any fight in Ryzen or anywhere since then. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. so when you say the uh, local circuit, uh, Eric, do you mean something like a deep? Um, do you mean maybe came the cage in America? Um, what do you think would be best for Ursan to continue? Uh, well, he lives. He lives in Guam, right? Yes. I don't know. They have a. They have a. <laughs> what do they have in Guam? Just brawl, the uh, Rocky okay, Martinez promotion. Maybe uh, maybe the 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 Guam circuit. 
here's what I can say about Urson. You know, we saw him utilize his grappling and takedown, which obviously he is great at. But then, uh, as we, I think, I'm trying to remember which one of us mentioned it, but this turned into a striking battle. He was going to lose. And we saw that his striking defense is really, really non-existent. Um, uh, do you think also maybe tra uh, changing cre uh, his camp to somewhere else might help because I know he does try train at Spike Twenty Two in Guam as well, but he also trains at Crazy B. And uh, little spoilers: Crazy B over uh, total uh, fights went to zero and three for this weekend. So yeah, you know, Crazy B's having some. Crazy B needs to do some reflection on their on their performance for sure. <laughs> like they, they need to figure something out. Uh, Crazy B basically both for the cycle this past weekend, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. With the exception of maybe of Miyu and Aishimizu, there's really nobody else there who's on a on a roll, I guess you could say. And with yeah. with Ursan, I mean, here's a here's the thing: is he at a level? Here's the thing: he's only twenty three, so he's young. But can he get to? A, do you think he ever could get to a level where he can take on high level competition? And beat them. I mean, his only win in Ryzen was against Tim Estruf. Uh, and, I mean, Tim Estruf is a good fighter, but I wouldn't put him, you know, anywhere near even top 50. Do you think he could ever get to that level where he can just, where he can become like Kid and become just an A-level fighter? Do you think that it's just something he can't achieve? Like Kid, I'm going to say no. Uh, but, um... Yeah, I mean, of course he can improve. You know, he's he's twenty three, right? So yeah. I didn't I didn't actually realize he was that young, but I but I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I mean, of course, of course he can improve, but but I, I think we have sort of like a, like a Taiga situation here, mm. <laughs> maybe where they're just he's just gonna like Taiga's twenty three too, you know, and I and I and I don't really see much of a future for him. So mm. uh, speaking of, yeah, I guess that you guys will talk about that next next time, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I kind of think maybe, you know, just get out of the family business. Try something different. Mm -hmm. uh, now, on, on the hand, on the other hand with Kato, um, and by the way, I don't know why the uh, Ryzen graphics gave him a, uh, gave his record as 16 and 6. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but yeah, they, I don't know where they got that record from. But uh, when he, he, the problem with him I mean, he's a journeyman. He's gonna lose against fighters that are that are that sh that are gonna be higher level than him, obviously. But then he's gonna be able to beat people like Arison. Now, you said that he that uh, Trent Gurdum challenged him. Is that a I fight? Think so. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking this up now, seeing if I can find. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, do you think that's a fight worth making just based on? I think. Where Kato's, uh, I I'm gonna say where he's at in in Ryzen, presuming they bring him back, because I mean, I would definitely say that Ryzen would uh, has more value using Gurdum than in uh, Kato for a fight like that. Yeah, I yeah I think so. I mean, the reason I mentioned it is because I, I thought I saw that on Twitter, but maybe I was uh, maybe I was wrong. Um, that he he expressly called him out. Because so. I think that's, that's uh, way too easy a fight for, for Gurdum. I think Gurdum beats him 100 out of 100 times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris, want to get your thoughts on, on this knockout. What did you think of, of, 
of this knockout uh, that that we saw uh, from Kato? Well, to be quite honest, when it comes down to, you know, when it comes down to getting people to notice him, I guess Kenji Kato really proved that in that first fight. Horizon, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, his record is a little wonky because, you know, Tapology and Sherdog pretty much have it as the same record. 11 and 7 as opposed to the hyperbolic 16 and 6 that was put out on the live telecast. But still, the dude pretty much opened us to a lot of, I mean, the dude pretty much opened our eyes to what he could be capable of if he were to fight more often in Ryzen than on these little small promotions that he's fighting for usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To basically disrespect Shudo or Grachon or Deep or Pancrase, especially not Pancrase. But, you know, still, it's when, I mean, it's like Ryzen has a way to introduce us to these little known fighters that just basically gives us new reason to get behind them. Mm. You know, what the fuck do you think? Yusuke Yachi would have been if he wouldn't have fought in Ryzen that first time and gotten that knockout over Mario Sismundo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, the problem is I just think that Kato, where he, as a fighter, I just don't think he adds a lot. I, he, he's definitely a guy you bring back, I think, you know, maybe once or twice a year, but I don't see him really going... He's I could be entirely wrong, but he... Uh, does not seem like a guy that that you have on uh, that you think of for long term on your roster, uh, especially with the competition at bantamweight that Ryzen has. You think about it. I mean, I'm trying to bring up a point here. Mm-hmm. You got guys like Shomashibi side who basically gotten his name off of fighting bullshit Mongolian wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You got guys like. Like I mentioned, Yusuke Yachi, who has knockout power, but recently has been on a bit of a, but but recently has been on a slide, as we'll mention in the main event. You got mm. guys like, if I'm not mistaken, you got uh, what am I, what am I trying to basically say? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Miyu Yamamoto, who only wins her fights via decisions, and mm. is by the way, Ferguson's mom. Yes, <laughs> but still. Point of the matter is, I can see Kenji Kato continuing on with Ryzen. It's just going to take like leaps and bounds to get him on these cards. Now, as for Ursan Yamamoto, I don't think that he needs to quit. I mean, I don't think he needs to get out the family business. I just, I mean, with the fact that he's got a kid now, and the fact that fighting is pretty much his life because his aunt. His, I mean, his aunts, his uncles, his mother, his teammates, all they know how to do is fight. I mean, I can definitely see him, you know, restarting his career in deeper, restarting his career in Brawl International if they ever do another show, mm-hmm. or in King of the Cage if, again, the international situation opens back up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um... It's, definitely see Ursan continuing fighting. It's just that you're going to have to figure out a point on when to say when because him being 3-5 and five now, 
You don't want to see him when he's three and fifteen or three and twenty-five. Oh God, no. No, of course. Haven't won a five in four years. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put overall. uh, So uh, uh, Eric, one of the things we do is we figure we ask if if a fighter is rising worthy. But I'm going to amend that since because this is a unique a unique year. I'm going to say rising worthy in 2020. Would you say uh, when I say rising worthy, obviously do you bring him back to rise in 2020? Do you uh, are Kenji uh, is Kenji Kato rising worthy in 2020 again? So I think you can have him, you know, uh, like opening up a card. I think that's that's fine. Like, you know, one of the first couple fights uh, on the card. He did, mm. did a good job. He won his fight. Yeah. And um, uh, I think I kind of know the answer. Do you think that Ersan Yamamoto is rising worthy in 2020? No, I do not. I think he needs to take a step back and kind of reflect on reflect on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Christian, how about you? To uh, both questions. Like I said, I think Kato's rising worthy, but it's going to take leaps and bounds to get him on these future cards. Mm-hmm. And Ursula, he needs to can he needs to just win. Yeah. On the outside cards, outside of rising, mm-hmm. you know, he needs to continue going outside of rising. Yeah. This will only see if he's rising worthy. Yeah. But other than that, nah. So he's he, not rising. I do agree. I agree with everybody. Yeah, Kato is definitely rising worthy. Good, he's a good guy to open a, uh, a card. Um, definitely agree with Eric on that. And Ursan, no, he uh, definitely needs to get fight experience. Deep, judo, pancreas, whatever. Genryu Jima, I don't know. Get that record a little bit better. Get a little bit more in ring, uh, in ring, or I guess cage experience, uh, depending on where he fights. Uh, he's probably, he's probably got a. Uh, a Canadian citizenship too, I would imagine. I don't so think he can probably fight in mm. fight in the U.S. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he has fallen the king the cage, but uh, yeah, you know, whenever you know, when uh, yeah, some some place like that, uh, which uh, uh, Rising gets a lot of fires from King of the Cage. Yeah, definitely something on smaller scale, just to get no, more. I, mean, I just mean, I just mean with his with his passport, he can probably he's probably more free. To, to fight, like, during the pandemic. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, and, uh, basically what you're trying to say is, Andrew, if you get more, is Ursan Yamamoto, Ursan Batman Yamamoto should get more fight experience. Yeah, and maybe even train uh, change camps as well. You know, either do Spike 22 permanently, or, I don't know, go someplace uh, in California. or, or for, um, Well, I wouldn't go to Florida right now, but uh, when things get better in Florida, maybe go... To uh, ATT, if you can. Nah, nah, nah. Steer clear, Florida. That place is still a shithole. Mm-hmm. Or you know what? You know, go maybe go to Moi, uh, Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. You know, we saw what happened when Manel Cape went there, and he improved uh, leaps and bounds uh, when uh, training under Mike Swick. Uh, I don't know, maybe Alliance MMA or uh, Alpha Male as well. Uh, just, I think he just also just needs a better camp overall. Uh, to to cater to just help him broaden his fight, uh, his his fighting skills. Now, Christian, I know we normally have you read the fights, but I'm going to make an exception and read this one because this was my most proudest pick in Ryzen history. Oh, God. And the second you talk about this, you're gonna 
gush over the fact that an 0-2 guy beat a 7-7 seven and seven jobber. Exactly. Go ahead and fucking... I mean, go ahead and say the fucking result. In a featherweight match, we had Kyohi Hagiwara defeating Rikuto Shirakawa by TKO at 4 minutes and 40 seconds of round 3. Shirakawa record becomes one and two now. Not not the. Uh, I don't know why they said two and two on the on the fight graphic. Wow. I think you mean Kyohei Hagiwara, aka King Blanco. Yes. Uh, wh- while Shirakawa's record, Shirakawa's. It's now one and two as a professional. Yes. Even though the rising graphic said he was three and two now. Oh, excuse me. I don't know why it said he was three and two. But and then Shirakawa is now officially. An under 500 fighter at seven, eight, and one, and I've got to ask you. So since I was the only one who picked Hagiwara, uh, something that I'm going to brag about until the day that I die, uh, Eric. My first question to you is: What do you think about this fight? And what was your impression of this 0-2 fighter Hagiwara? And your impression of Shirakawa, uh, who, by the way, Shirakawa had Mikuru Azakura in his corner. What did you think in, of this fight overall and what Hagiwara brought to the table? You know, uh, actually, it's funny because I think this fight and the next fight were, were two fights that we were kind of not so, not so, well, I mean, like, you were very excited about this fight. But, yes. But, like, generally speaking, we're like, oh, we don't really know what to expect out of these two fights. And, uh, and they were the most competitive, <laughs> you know, on the, whole, on the whole card. They were kind of the most, like, back-and-forth fights. Uh, I thought Hagiwara did a great job. You know, he 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 uh, he looked good. He looked good, and he 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 was just he. I mean, the, the the finish of this fight was was kind of weird. I guess we should probably talk about that. But, yeah. But yeah, I thought he uh, I thought he looked really good. So I just also want to put some further context to this fight. Uh, for the first two rounds, uh, Shirakawa was basically making a grapple fest, uh, holding uh, Hagiwara against the turnbuckle, wrestling him, taking him down, not really doing a lot on the striking portion. That was all Hagiwara this entire uh, fight. But then round three comes around, and I, I don't know what happened. If Shirakawa was getting tired or if just the accumulation of damage that Hagiwara was doing to him uh, just, just tired him out. But then uh, eventually, uh, Hagiwara just started just teeing off on him, on his, on, on him, and then um, I guess what it looked like that the he wasn't blocking the punches, and so the referee stepped in to wave off the yeah. fight. And yeah, Shirakawa did kind of go like, "Hey, what the, what are you doing?" Um, I know it was a kind of a weird stoppage, um, and I do w- would say, you know, yeah, I understand, but you know, it's funny though that. You know, with a lot of other promotions, we don't see really a lot of uh, finishes on the feet unless the person is like is like having their head down or, or, or turtling up. But we do see in Ryzen a lot where if a fighter is just taking damage to the face, not blocking, uh, they they will stop the fight. And I don't know if he, because he was bleeding as well, if that was in addition to why the referee stopped the match. Um, Eric, did you think that it was a good stoppage or do you think it was... Not a good stoppage. Well, you know, like at first I was like, oh, that, that, that's kind of weird. But but uh, then more and more weird stoppage than good or bad stoppage, I think, or like like unexpected stoppage, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but in but in retrospect, I think it was probably a good stoppage. I think uh, Hagiwara deserved the decision, right? Like like I think he should have won the fight. 
uh, and and he did win the fight uh, with that with that stoppage. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it was just basically he wasn't. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Shirakawa wasn't defending himself. He looked kind of out on his feet a little bit, and so the ref the ref stepped in and made a made a good decision. It was I, there was a really funny tweet uh, by by uh, Brody Armbar. He <laughs> says. He goes, he goes, I feel like American MMA has made me so used to brutally late stoppages. Japanese refs will step in before a guy is blasted into unconsciousness, and it tricks me into thinking it's early. And I was like, oh, that's a really good tweet, you know, because it, it's, it's true. Like, uh, often in Japan, we'll get, we'll get things stopped a little earlier than in the UFC uh, or in Bellator, and, uh, and it's usually probably a, a correct decision. So, oh yeah. yeah. Well, because I, I think you know, the, the the most recent example I can think of was the uh, and Christian. You might have to remember uh, remind me was the um, it was a fight. Uh, it was a fight that Herb Dean was 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 doing between. Uh, oh, I think it was. Um, oh no, it wasn't Santos. Um, but um, Herb Dean, uh, one of the fighters, got knocked out on, on the ground, and referee uh, Herb Dean did not step in. And the other oh, it's Francisco Trinaldo. It was a Francisco Trinaldo match. Um, and the, is that the one where Hardy is yelling, where Dan Hardy yes. was screaming at him. Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, it, clearly, he was the guy was knocked out. Trinaldo's opponent was knocked out, and Trinaldo even walked over. Was didn't know like he was waiting for Herb to, de- to step in, but Herb uh, didn't step in, and he just delivered some, uh, albeit some softer punches, but nonetheless punches to a guy who was already had his eyes roll in the back of his head. Um, and also, just for a t- context as well, we saw in the Ogikubo-Azakura match, uh, Ogikubo was not knocked out, but he was crawling away uh, from from Azakura's uh, soccer kicks and knees. The fight that you were referencing is Francisco Masavanduba Trinaldo versus Jai Haber fights. Yes, yes, yes. And that fight happened back at recent UFC on ESPN event that happened on July 26th where basically Herb Dean just took his sweet everlasting time trying to stop the fight, but mm. you know. I also know that good. it's kind of a meme now with Mario Yamazaki with the Priscilla Kochera fight and uh, Valentina Shevchenko, where Shevchenko was just beating the, the living oh, hell out of her. And, and Yamazaki, oh not yeah, Yamazaki uh, in an interview um, talked about why you let the fight go on because he said he wanted her to be a warrior. Um, and so yeah, that's the right idea. Yeah, especially because the fact that she was on fumes at that point. And it's also funny <laughs> when we talk about the next fight as well. You know, we could that which will be another fight that ended on the feet as well. Um, yeah. yeah, we definitely see in Ryzen. They definitely there definitely seems to be earlier stoppages rather than than late stoppages. Um, in their in with uh from what we see in in their history, I mean, when I, I get you do know why those early stoppages happened, right? Oh, why, 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 Christian? It's so that they can save the fighter from turning into a vegetable later. Yeah, in that's true. That's true. So I you know I do agree with you, Eric. That you know, at first when I saw the stoppage, I was like, oh, okay, but then yeah, on replay, he's not defending himself. He's his hands are down. He's just taking. Whatever to uh, all those all that damage to the face, and you know, I guess the referee saw it in the fighter's best interest uh, to uh, stop the fight. And interestingly enough, though, uh, Shirakawa was winning this fight. I would say up until that exchange, had it gone maybe twenty more seconds, 
possibly a split decision win for Shirakawa, but I don't think I don't think he I don't think Kagiwara would have won won this fight on the cards at all. Um, really? Well, well, you know, I mean, like, remember they judge but they judge the whole fight, right? Yeah, so yeah. like, it's like not like not like uh, you know Shirakawa won round one and two. I think I mean I think Kagiwara won the fight, right? So yeah. like. So like uh, I think that was a good good decision. Mm-hmm. So um, so then I guess the uh, the question we have for these two um, I don't know can you we call them prospects at this point in their career? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you? I don't know. I, mean, would you, would I always have. I've always. I checked. Last I checked, Hockey War is twenty four. Chiricow was twenty nine. I don't think they're prospects as much more as they are, you know, legitimate fighters, even though Hagi Bora just won his first professional fight on record. But, mm. I mean, they're not rising-worthy, obviously. You they don't need a lot of work in order to, you know, continue on with their careers, especially mm. Hagi Bora. He needs to get some more Ws behind him. Uh, but, but, mm-hmm. no, they're not rising-worthy. Wow, okay. Uh, Eric, I thought... Yeah, what do you think? Do you think either fire is rising worthy in 2020? But, 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 but oh, sorry. they are going to need a lot of work in order to prove that they're rising worthy, especially Hockey War. Gotcha, gotcha, Christian. What about you, Eric? Are either of these fires... Well, yeah, I think, I mean, like like you said, like 2020 rising worthy maybe is different, right? Cause yeah. I, I, uh, they're going to have to fill these, these undercards with uh, all, like, Japanese fighters um, in all likelihood. Uh, and, and yeah, and I think you, you can take these guys uh, from this fight and you can kind of match them up with the guys from the next fight, and I think that would be okay. Like, uh, like uh, you know, the winner winners can fight, the losers can fight, or something yeah. like that. Because uh, I, I, I thought the next fight was kind of interesting, too. Oh, absolutely. Cause, so, yeah, because also these these two, this was a fight at, uh, at Featherweight. Now, also, yeah. Hagiwara and Shirakawa, I believe, both fight at Bantamweight, so I don't know if... Featherweight's the, the level, the, the weight class they want to stay at. And especially, you know, we've been hearing rumors that there's going to be a lot more focus on the featherweight division uh, going forward. And But I don't, at this point, you know, they're definitely not high level out of them. But like you said, I think that's that's what that's the best thing that you said is that uh, regarding this fight is that it that they you can fill the... I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I meant but, but this point, this point, this point. Sorry, I didn't mean that as a backhand and compliment. No, 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 it's funny. It's funny. Go ahead. Uh, that 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 they you need fighters to fill these undercards, especially in 2020, because let's be honest, you know the pool right now for Ryzen is much smaller, and uh, when you're only you got you have to only pick fighters that that can travel to or live in Japan at this point. So yeah. there's definitely there's definitely a need for a fighter, I think, like uh, Hagiwara. I do like your uh, idea, though. You know, winners fight winners, losers fight losers. But let's, let's say if they do have that uh, featherweight tournament or they do something like that where they they do like a Grand Prix or something, do you think either of them should be in it? No. Well, how about you, Christian? Do you think that they should be uh, should be in uh, featherweight Grand Prix if they ever have one this year? No. Not even as an alternate fight. Oh, okay. Oh, I was about to say, you know, maybe as an alternate fight, you could have Hagiwara versus... I don't know somebody, but um, I well, I guess in that, I guess it is a Grand Prix. You want high level competition for that, um, and I guess yeah, you know, I guess neither of them are. Well, 
be honest, but neither of them are at that level, but I'm interested to see more of Hagiwara. Um, me too, me too. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where he can fight, deep, shooto, pancreas, just somewhere else, you know, get more wins. Um, and I definitely think he could come back to, uh, to Ryzen. Um, hope, hopefully this year. Uh, I mean, with that being said, Christian, we got to talk about this next featherweight fight. Uh, very interesting featherweight uh, fight as well. You know, it's in, yeah, definitely he won the first round. He took he he got some nice takedowns on Seki, but by the second round, remember he just went through like a barrage of takedowns. He went like for like two or three straight takedowns, and uh, Seki just blocked all of them. And then after that, he just looked like he was sucking air. And then yeah, yeah, nothing. Uh, but uh, well, he's definitely a he's definitely a great fighter. You know, he definitely shows that. You know, he definitely has arsenal. I don't know that that the. I don't know if the cardio, I don't know how his cardio normally is. Um, I know also, yeah, this was a short-notice fight uh, that uh, he was a replacement. So, I mean, that's always something to consider. Um, but uh, what, do you, what do you think about the uh, the stoppage of the... Speaking of that short notice, hmm. do you think that the next fight for Tetsuya Seiki would be against Yojiro Uchimura? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Eric, do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure either, actually. Let me think about... My short yeah, an- I, I don't know. My short answer yeah. is no, because I, uh, I'll, I'll, because I think that Seki Ray proved so- that. If, if anything, uh, Uchimura maybe versus Kanda, or if you want to do Uchimura versus Hagiwara, perhaps. Uh, I think that Seki, though, he doesn't have to worry about... I don't think he should at this point. If they have a Grand Prix, maybe. But I don't think that they should have just, like, a one-off fight. Because Seki already... He already beat uh, this... I think he's already... I think he's already a step above that. Um, 
What do you think about the stoppage of this fight, Eric? Where yeah, Kondo got well, he get not he got he gets knocked out on the feet, and then the referee comes in, and when the referee kind runs in to separate them, he bumps into Kanda, who then falls down and, and like falls like face uh, face first on the ropes. Did you see that knockout? To, to be perfectly honest with you, I do not remember the stoppage of this fight. Uh, like I just, I just remember that it was uh, that it was kind of standing, but I, I don't remember the details. Mm, yeah, it, it happened standing, and then when the referee uh, stepped in, uh, he he bumps into Kanda, and Kanda falls in between the ropes. I should say. Not, yeah. Um, yeah. He he was clearly he was clearly tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, here's a, just a general question as well to both of you. Uh, first, you, Eric. Did the referee seem much more cognizant of fighters being near the ropes than in previous um, matches? They seem to be very, very stricter now. Like, as soon as they got near the rope, they would stop the fight and then restart them. Did you notice that? There was, uh, there was one, it was maybe in the, uh, maybe in the Inuit fight. Where where like somebody had like a really big advantage and they were and they were near the ropes and the and the ref stopped it and started them standing again. Oh, you know it was Shuto, right? It was yes. Shuto. He had he had like some he had some real position and uh, and the ref stopped the fight and started them standing in the middle. And yeah, and I, I was very surprised by that. I was like, wow, yeah, that there well, that was strange. We can talk about that fight a little later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about. Um, let me. me sorry, I did Chris. Think Mm-hmm. When it came down to this particular fight, you know, they were really cognizant about not grabbing the ropes because, of course, that's one of the main things you don't do in a Japanese ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of like grabbing the cage constantly in, you know, an octagon or a circular cage like what Bellator has. Yeah, but the but, difference between in Ryzen is that you have people outside that will push you away. It's not like in, mm-hmm. it's not like in in the Bellator or UFC uh, cage where the referee will usually give like one or two warnings and maybe take your hand away at most if they do at all. Um, or doing it, they'll take a point away. Uh, which is that's that's very a, rarely. Yeah, that's like a unicorn. That's like finding a unicorn uh, reading uh, Dostoevsky on the moon. It's very that you that's so rare. Um, here are some comments from both Seki and Kanda. Seki said. That he was relieved he got the win. I need to be. I need to get more stronger to fight here, and uh, he said that he is interested about uh, a Mikuru a Mikuru fight down the line. But it doesn't look oh, like God. now. Does not look not not right now. Um, and then Kanda said that his opponent was tough and had stamina. I need to go back to deep again, but someday I will be back here in Ryzen. Um, and with that being, dude got ambitions. Oh yeah. Um, with that being said, I I'm gonna ask you, Eric. Are Seki and Kanda are they rising worthy in 2020? Again, the 2020, because like I'm I'm not like this next show in September, right? I mean, I don't think maybe they wouldn't be ready for that, but but I kind of think that maybe that's gonna be a Japanese uh, all Japanese show as well. So yeah. they're gonna they're gonna be scraping the bottom of the barrel here a little bit to like fill these cards. Um, Provisionally, I will say, like, you know, first couple fights, maybe. Mm-hmm. What about uh, tournament? Uh, if there's a featherweight tournament, Grand Prix, do you put Seki or, and or Kanda in it? Um, I mean, I guess Seki would be more likely. Mm-hmm. 
can we can we find? I think we can find eight better featherweights. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, here's the thing: Ryzen does love champions in other organizations. He is the uh, Zest uh, featherweight champion, so it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they did do it. Uh, Christian, I'll pose the same question to you: Either of them Ryzen worthy in 2020, um, or and uh, if there's a featherweight tournament, do you put either of them in it? You know, here's the thing. Uh, I think Deli Sketo, George Deli's, posted, you know, a tweet about an all-Japanese featherweight Grand Prix featuring the champions of Pancrase, Shudo, Deep, and Zest, which, of course, Seiki is the champion of. And I wouldn't mind seeing that, but that's, a, that's basically a pipe dream, mm. to be honest. And I don't think that Seiki would get in, you know, to potentially fight Mikuru. Because even though Seiki has a little bit more experience than Mikuru Asakura, you know, people wouldn't know who the hell Tetsuya Seiki is from a hole in the ground. (laughs) I don't think Seiki would be worthy to fight in a featherweight Grand Prix against top-level talent like Amikura Asakura or Isao Kobayashi or Satoshi Yamasu, who, again, like I said, nobody would know him from a hole in the ground, but still. Point in the, point of the matter is, I do think that Seiki is rising worthy. I just think that he would have to be matched up against, you know, a garden-variety jobber. Maybe get somebody... You know, from the from the U.S. who's already in Japan, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so that they basically not feel too bad of having to get quality opponents. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, Honda, I don't know if he's rising worthy. I just don't think that you know he should be thrown back into the fire yet. Mm-hmm. I do think he needs to go back to deep and continue his career because you know. He's going to get a lot of credit now for even coming into Rising and fighting. He definitely needs to continue on elsewhere before potentially getting that call back up to the Rising Ring. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, Go ahead. I like what you guys are. I like what you guys are saying about the, having the, all the <clears throat> the smaller promotion champs uh, fighting in the in the featherweight Grand Prix. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that, that's that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're gonna do that, then I think then he would belong. Yeah, I definitely I know I I know I hate you know having to say rise of 2020, but I'm also just considering just what's going on in the world, and you have to we have to be realistic that you know as soon as they can allow foreigners in, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of talent that they would use now that they probably wouldn't use uh, going forward, like a Kenji Kato uh, or maybe a, a Koya Kanda. So that's why I'm just only doing the 2020. Maybe I could be yeah. wrong, but. Uh, uh, just uh, quickly, I do think that Seki is wise and worthy. I think he showed uh, he's a champion in, in another organization. Uh, he um, he showed that uh, I think he showed uh, a great uh, fighting spirit. And uh, Kanda taking this fight on short notice, yeah, uh, you know, I don't think maybe twenty twenty is is his year horizon. Maybe you know twenty twenty one. You know, go back and fight in deep. You know, for one of their shows, get one or two more wins. And then, yeah, come back to Ryzen. I, I definitely would like to see him again. He's definitely a great fighter. Just, you know, yeah, in this fight, you know, he had a game plan. But the game plan proved to be his undoing with those, uh, with those takedowns, which just, just zapped him of any sort of uh, energy. 
Um, now, Christian, we got to talk about this next fight because this next fight was, I, 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 I was when we were doing the commentary, I, my mouth was agape at just this, at this amazing kickboxing fight. Uh, one of two amazing kickboxing fights, I'll say. Records, uh, I have the records, Christian. He improves. Okay. He has he, Nadaka improves to thirty-one and six with sixteen KOs, while Yushin goes down to five and three, uh, zero KOs in his career. Um, So just to give a little uh, a little back on the fight. So basically, this entire the entire three rounds. Uh, by the way, also elbows were allowed for the first time ever in a kickboxing match. Uh, and this was the uh, match where they allowed elbows. Nadaka was doing these takedowns, these throws on Yushin, while also uh, using uh, kick his elbows and 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 jab and crosses to just demolish Yushin for three rounds uh, up until the finish. Uh, and these throws that he was doing on Yushin were just, I, you know, I don't know exactly what the rules are when it comes to throws, to uh, all that stuff. They seem to be, they seem to let these two clinch a little bit more than they normally do in kickboxing matches in Ryzen. But the way that these throws were just, these, they were just, just zapping all the energy out of Yushin. He was exhausted. His nose was bleeding. And then uh, third round, um, an elbow. He, uh, he does a, I believe it was a left-handed, el- uh, left-arm elbow to, uh, I thought it was the back of the head of Yushin. Uh, maybe it was to the temple or to the side. But then, yeah, just knocks him, just knocks him out. Um, Eric, did you think that was an elbow to the back of the head? It looked very, very close, if not. <laughs> I saw you. I saw you saying that on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I don't 
I don't know. I think it was pretty close. But I, you know, actually, I was hoping, I was hoping the ref was going to call it between the second and the third. I was like, there, we do not need a third round here. This is just this fight is over. And uh, uh, I, I felt honestly, I felt sorry for Yushin. I mean, he was just getting just his ass beat. Um, and uh, yeah, those throws just every time he's getting thrown to the ground and, and trying to pick himself back up. I, I yeah, I, I felt sorry for him. He looked, he looked lost. He looked confused. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't, I did not need to see a third round of that fight. Do you, so if you were the referee, you're seeing what's going on in the first and second round. Do you just, do you go over to Yushin's corner and just tell him, you know, I'm ending the fight because this is just too one-sided to continue any longer? Say, throw in the fucking towel, guys. This is just, this is over. You know, your fighter is not competitive. And uh, like, yeah, I, I was, I was. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like I felt like I think I wrote I wrote that that <laughs> the doc was a really fucking mean guy or something like he uh, he seemed you know for for a little like a little kid basically. I mean, he just was ruthless and uh, really really took it to Yushin. Oh yeah, he was ragdolling him. He basically this this you know it almost seemed like it was you know I thought this might be competitive, but in hindsight. You know, as always, hindsight twenty twenty. This match was Yushin was incredibly below. Like I'm not, I'm gonna, like if we're talking, he was like ten thousand fathoms under the sea when it comes to levels in uh, in comparison to Nadaka. Like they should like if if they should not. There should never be another encounter. I don't care if Yushin goes on to become a hundred and two fighter in the future. I still think that Nadaka beats him. 101 out of 100 ways every time they meet. Um, what, so, uh, so this division, this was 112 pounds. Now, I don't know yep. the, what, what the, how, how many kickboxers there are in Japan who fight at this weight class. Um, probably there's a lot more in, you don't know a lot of fighters around the world fight at that weight yeah yeah i mean uh it, it's it, and then maybe there's probably more muay thai guys who do fight at that weight that you could get in thailand when things open up but um uh i'm gonna ask you uh eric what did you what do you I, I'm, I'm gonna guess you're gonna think that that nadaka is rising worthy correct for sure yeah, for sure. What do you do about competition, though? Uh, because I'm also going to point out, so after the match, they gave him the microphone, and he basically challenged uh, Tenshin Nasakawa, who was on who was on commentary wearing uh, secretary glasses for some reason. Um, he, I, he looked like he looked like like a sort of like a suburban housewife to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I never seen him wear glasses before, and like now, and he was wearing like. He was wearing like those like Golden Grills glasses, like something yeah, that like yeah. that um, Estelle Getty was wearing. Yeah. So, um, but what do you? So, I mean, I I'm not, I, I don't know what your knowledge is about about that weight division in Muay Thai. I'm gonna guess it's or, or kickboxing. It's not. I'm not. I'm gonna admit that's not my. I don't have th- that that much knowledge of that. Um, the uh, yeah the the strawweight yeah. scene um, <laughs> yeah I, I don't I don't know I mean I'm sure there's a million guys in Thailand you know but uh, yeah uh, even in even in one I can't really think of a lot of a lot of guys they have that light um, so yeah I, I I'm I don't know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to import somebody to fight him I think 
uh, tension is too big for him. If he re- if he wants to fight tension, tension will beat him. I mean, if they if like you say, if they want to, um, if they, I think you said in the preview show, like, do they want do they want a guy for tension to fight? And I mean, I don't, I don't. It seems like a waste to me. Like you have this 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 just animal who's just killing people, and you want to put him up against tension. Like, why? I don't, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, also the problem is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be why to feed him somebody that he know he can beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it would be almost it would almost make no difference just because of the massive size difference. It's kind of it would just be kind of like an empty win. It's really there's like nothing there to to be proud of about his tension if he beat if he did beat Nadaka. It would all be you know the story would be Nadaka beating tension. It wouldn't be tension beating Nadaka at all. Um, what I mean, the the other option is I know that there's more MMA fighters at strawweight like Haru Ochi, uh, Mitsuhisa Sanabe, um, a few others that have fought in Ryzen. Um, I know that that uh, Jared Brooks um, has fought at that weight before, but I don't think he's going to be fighting at strawweight anymore. Do you imp- do you get some guys who are MMA fighters and just do that just because of the lack of competition potentially in Japan? Just a, just a, just a destruction. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's really. Yeah, yeah. Ryzen, I mean, Ryzen obviously likes to do that. You know, just put in somebody to just get their ass kicked. So yeah, that's that's possible. Hmm. Hmm. Um. What about you, Christian? What do you think about future competition for Nadaka? Uh. At this point, at this point in 2020, is there really any? Do you have to kind of just wait? Either get the MMA fighters to to do kickboxing, or just wait till Thailand opens up. Because I'm pretty, you know, I'll also I'll, I'll say as well. There are probably, you know, if there's people like Yushin, uh, there's gotta be others. But also think about it. The probably the levels are just like when it comes to like tension versus everybody else. Nadaka is probably just so high above everybody else that every match uh, beyond maybe some some people in Thailand will probably just be a squash match. Um, so what do you do with a uh, competition for him going forward, Christian? Good God, I thought you'd never finish with that question. I don't know, <laughs> basketball or something, but still, point of the matter is that I don't see this young man facing off against Tenshin Asakawa. If it does happen, he'll be dreaming by way of a right hook from Tenshin Asakawa. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Still, I don't think that you give him a fight against an MMA fighter. Maybe Jared Brooks if he's up for it. But again, as you said, you don't you don't want to fight at no pack mule. You don't want to fight as a pack mule anymore, which is basically what the 112 pound and by I mean in general the strawweight kickboxing division, or in the case of boxing terms, the flyweight division. Nobody wants to fight it that No human being wants to fight it that way. And I understand where Jared Brooks is coming from because he wants to fight in the mixed martial arts flyweight division, not the kickboxing flyweight division. Mm-hmm. But still, as far as future opponents are concerned for Yoshinori Nadaka, Nadaka Iwasports, you have to look back at his career in Thailand. You have to look back at the fact that he, you know, is one of the future stars of Japanese Muay Thai. You have to realize that this dude 
this young man is going to be a star in Muay Thai. So I guess you have to wait until the borders open up in order for Thai opponents to come in. Or, you know, just put them in an actual kickboxing fight against an internationally trained kickboxer who lives in Japan, like one of those Brazilians from Nagoya, mm-hmm. and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you put a young pup like Yoshinari Nadaka or Nadaka Iwa Sports in the ring with an aged, I mean, not even an aged veteran because, of course, Tension's 22, but an experienced fighter in Tension because Tension will get his ass handed. I mean, because Nadaka will get his ass handed. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. You know, I, I, I'm looking up the uh, I'm looking up the one one championship thing now, and I forgot they got the Sammy Sammy Gayungadao guy. Yes, he's a he's a he's a hell of a fighter. <laughs> that would that would be all right. Okay, uh, he's a strawweight. So oh, I guess but it's strawweight and one. It's strawweight and one. Never mind. So it's like it's still he's still heavier. Oh yeah, because yeah. <laughs> 125 pounds because, of course, 1FC, you know, 1FC goes by hydration weight, not by actual, but unless you're going to the heavyweight classes. That's true. You're right. You're right. Um, Ziggy's still too big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, here's a thought. Maybe can you get Tiger to go down to 112 and fight Nadaka? No. No. You just want you want Tiger to die. Death in the ring. Um, I'm just going to quickly read what the, what both fighters said in the uh, in the press conference, post fight press conference. Uh, Nadaka said that uh, it looks like he was injured um, coming into this fight. He said he, said he used sekotsu, which is like kind of like chiropractic um, thing. Uh, do you know about that, uh, Eric? Sekotsu. Uh. No, I don't. Apparently, it's 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 very similar to chiropractic. Uh, it's called it's the, it's the art of bone setting. Um, and apparently, he, it looked like he was injured coming to this fight, and he used that to help his condition. And um, he said he wanted to uh, puzzle his opponents, um, which he did uh, clearly. Um, and then Yushin said that his opponent was uh, was a strong Muay Thai champion, and that is the reason why I lost. Um, so, uh, actually, so going back to you, Eric, so I think we all agree Nadaka is definitely not rise worthy. Now, what about Yushin? Do you bring back Yushin at some point, um, for a, uh, 112 pound fight against whoever? Yeah, I, I don't know what for, right? Like, it's not like they're, unless they're gonna, they're gonna build up some 112 thing. I'm, I'm not sure why you would do that. Yeah. Christian, how about you? I don't think so. Because if you think about it, it's just like Nadaka. He's young, he needs more experience. Yeah, 5-0. Oh. In the case of Yushin, he's definitely going to be... I mean, this may be his one and only rising fight. He probably might go on to fight for promotions like 1FC and Max Muay Thai and Muay Hardcore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we probably might never see him again, but hey, one shot. I mean, I'll, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that he's rising worthy because there's probably not going to be much of a future for him if he doesn't get his future in check. I mean, 
I want to say that, you know, given the benefit of the doubt, he is 18. Um, I know uh, that this was uh, his third loss, uh, five and three. I mean, there's room to improve. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be at a high level and also just the competition. Um, it might be just that he's, you know, gonna, that he's just B-level competition for everybody. Um, you know, he'll win against... You know, you know the lower fighter, lower level fighters, but never the high level. Uh, never get wins against them. So it's hard. I mean, I'll say this. I'll say yes, he is rise worthy, but maybe not at this point. He's just gotta get more, get get more pro kickboxing experience. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, it's probably hard to judge just how bad he got his ass kicked. So like, maybe it's not a good, uh, not a good fight to judge him on. Yeah. You know. But, yeah. Um, with that being said, Christian, let's move on. Well, actually, before we move on, uh, so there was an there was an intermission, and during the intermission, we saw Floyd Mayweather. I mean, excuse me, Koji on a, with a Floyd Mayweather mask come in and challenge Tenshin Nasukawa. So, um, Eric, I'm gonna ask: Is that a fight that you would act, be interested in at all seeing in kickboxing? Uh, well, it looks like it's gonna happen. So. Um, am I, am I interested? I, I mean, like, yeah, watching tension beat people up is fun. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that, I thought the Mayweather thing was funny, though. I thought that was cool. Well, actually, like I should say, this is the point when, uh, this was the point when the free, the free ended, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. like, so, like, my watching after, after this fight got a little bit more sporadic. And I, I so I missed some of the in-between stuff. Mm. I actually did hear that some people saw the entire card. Apparently, it's some like if you didn't refresh, you were able to see like most, if not the entire card. Really? I, I yeah, it's because I saw comments on Reddit. You know, I'm I'm six fights in. I thought I'm I thought uh, the I thought it was, it's still going for me. Well, they they kind of tricked you because they had it they had it like right up to the bell of the uh, of the Obata fight, but uh, but yeah, so like. Like, uh, it was like, oh, shit, they're going to leave it on, you know, but then they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> At least not for me. At least not for me. Um, so. do, do you think, I mean, do you think, now, Koji, being a former K1 fighter, K1 champion in that division, do you think that this is, it is, I know you said that you like to see tension beat people up. I know it's fun for all of us. But do you think at all it will be a competitive fight, providing it does happen on presumably New Year's Eve? Uh, I'm going to say no. Uh-huh. Christian, how about you? Koji, tension, interested at all? Well, I mean, because I really don't know who the hell Koji is unless, of course, you're talking about kickboxing. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like you said, he's a... Um, shit. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just drawing a blank here. But he's the former ISKA World Lightweight Champ. He's the former K1 star who once fought for the K1 60 kilogram world title. I mean, the dude is basically, I mean, aside from the fact that he's 28, 13, and 2 with 10 knockouts, I mean, the dude is at least a star over there, but he's not a star, you know, here mm -hmm. in the States. You know him. As much as I wouldn't know, you know, I wouldn't know him as much as others 
contention prior to the Mayweather fight, and I did think that it was cool. I did think it was kind of funny that Koji put out the Mayweather mask and saying, "Here's a mask so you can stop crying. No, here's a mask so you can stop up the tears or something when you cry." <laughs> but, but the point of the matter is, this could be a fun fight for the Japanese fans. It's just that we, the American public, we the international fight fans wouldn't even know him unless we looked at his record and looked at who he faced off against. Like, for instance, he faced off against Starbucks and Sakostides. He fought against Mohamed Bolap, and nobody really knows who the hell they are. Mm-hmm. And he even he also fought against Koya Urabe, Taiga, and Takaru and lost all three of those fights. Mm. I'll say this, though. I have seen the Takaru fight, and he was semi-competitive comparatively to who most people who fought Takaru uh, in the past. Uh, he was he was much more competitive than a lot of other people when he fought. Yeah, him. but what the matter is, Andrew, and I'm trying to make a point, you know, people wouldn't know who Koji is until he gets knocked out. So basically, he would be like a flash in the pan to most people. Mm-hmm. That is true. But... You know, I think this fight will happen. It's just the fact that Ryzen needs to realize, you know, in order for your stars to get put over on a pedestal, you need to have your stars fight international competition and names that we actually know, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think... Yeah, that, that, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Is I mean, they, you know, because they're, they're, they're teasing this thing, like, finally, maybe, maybe they'll get Takaru, like, happening this year, you know, if, if obviously, who cares about this Koji fight, if that's the case. Yeah, exactly. Do you think this fight was supposed, you, I remember you, uh, Eric, you said earlier that they, uh, it looked like they was going to have Tension fight this card. Do you think had uh, Tension not been injured in his rise fight, just for everybody who knows, he did break his hand in his, uh, in uh, that uh, recent rise fight he had? And I think Koji also was in is injured maybe I think, um, so they're uh, but at least I can confirm that tension's injured. Do you think that they would have done tension Koji uh, at twenty two like you uh, like you maybe uh, yeah think? Uh, yeah I, I think I mean I guess maybe that's what it would have been yeah because I, I did hear I did hear that tension was gonna that the that the plan was to have tension fight on twenty two. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe that would have been it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. As first for Koji, I mean, they have that show next month uh, in September. Um, I guess I would rather have it then there because if this if the supposed thing is to do Takaru versus Tension, obviously you want that to be a New Year's Eve Sai, Sai, Super Saitama Arena match. I don't yeah. think you waste yeah. that on a Koji Tension match. In my personal opinion, you want a big. You want that match to be your New Year's Eve show uh, for Fuji TV and to get all the publicity, all that stuff. You have it in September. Or you have the Koji fight then. It's kind of, I don't know. I feel like you can only do Takaru Tension uh, on that on that day in that card, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, by yeah, way, to, be honest with you, to be honest with you, too, I think that that is the realistic card for the international fighters, too. I really do. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, unless they do some, like, November thing, like, I, I, I don't... I think September might be a little soon to have the international fighters. So. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, while just briefly, you know, you brought up ISK uh, 
uh, Christian Koji being Ice Skate champion. Maybe when uh, the borders open, that's where we could get some uh, 112 pound fighters from uh, who fight in that uh, in that promotion, the ISKA. Um, I think it's Europe, I believe, Christian. Uh, the thing is, the ISKA, which is headquartered out of Florida, that fucking cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. The ISKA, they're not so much as a from. They're not so much a promotion. They're more like a sanctioning body. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, so yeah, maybe anybody who's uh, who's mainly has ISK under your belt, maybe they could be um, the doctor's mm-hmm. opponent. Um, so, but uh, Christian, I'm gonna ask you to take on the next fight, which was another exciting kickboxing match. This was the only decision on this card. This was the only fight that went to a decision. Rui Ibata defeated Seiki Ueyama via decision. Ibata improved his record to 42-4-2 with one no contest. Ueyama sees his record drop to 22-12. and And, of course, if you look at the rising records, both men are now 1-1. One in the Rising Fighting Federation. But if you look at Ibata, you look at how much he improved in this fight compared to when he lost attention last year. How much do you think that he improved from the Nakamura fight to this fight? And as far as Ueyama goes, what did you see in him that, you know, what did you see in him that you probably wish you could have seen more about the Kendo fight that he had in Ryzen. Uh, yeah, just uh, uh, just going to briefly correct you, Christian. Uh, uh, is two and one in Ryzen as of now. Uh, okay, okay. But, but yeah, still, yeah. Basically, what I was trying to ask is, what do you think you've seen differently from the two other fights that Uyama had in Ryzen? Uh, after you, Eric. Well, actually, this. So, so I missed this fight uh, on the night of. Um, so, but I watched it. I watched it somehow. I watched it later. I, I don't. I won't say how. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, like, because everyone was. I, I saw on Twitter, and it's like, oh, fight of the night. This is the best fight of the night. All this stuff, and 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 I and I watched it. And I was like, you know, that wasn't that competitive. Like, Ibata had that fight. Like the whole the whole way, uh, in my opinion. Um. So I mean, Uyama put up a put up a put on a good show, and and and, then, and at the end he he got he sort of taunted Ibata into getting into a little bit of a slugfest with him, and and you got the they both got cut and all that stuff. But but honestly, if if Ibata was fighting hard, I don't think he would have gotten into those exchanges. You know, mm-hmm. like he was it was more like okay, let's put on a put on a good show. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was a good it was a good fight. I just I didn't think it was like I didn't think it was as amazing as, as some people I saw on Twitter were saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also just to mention as well, in the third round, uh, Ibata did get a knockdown on Ueyama, and yeah. with that knockdown, split open his, his uh, eyebrow. And I'm actually surprised they did stop the fight to clean the cut, but I'm actually surprised that they let the fight continue on because I've seen I've seen lesser cuts, particularly the Rocky Martinez Pro Cop match, where fights have been stopped. Just due to a cut uh, in Ryzen. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, just to mention as yeah, well, there's like there's like a minute to go in the fight too when they stopped it. It was just like like you know this is this is uh, 
This is pretty much over. Yeah. yeah. Also, just to mention as well, no elbows were allowed in this fight, per usual rising rules for kickboxing. Um, but, uh, so you, I know that that was the, the, the discourse, that it was the fight night. I won't lie, Eric. It was my fight night. Uh, I, I thought from a, a technical standpoint, it was an incredible display of kickboxing between... Both of them. Obviously, Ibado was the one winning all the exchanges by a hundred out of a hundred. And but I thought the third round, you know, when yeah, like you said, he baited him into uh, into kind of you know trying just brawling. I thought it was you see comparatively to the Nandaka fight, which was basically a squash match, as they say in pro wrestling. And also, I'm just going to also mention the uh, two kickboxing matches as well. The next day, uh, the uh, uh, the um, Koji Mori fight uh, uh, versus Matsukura, which was clearly also one-sided. And then the Lokuku Kaito Ono match, which should have been one-sided, but was basically just a boring fight with two, uh, I think, uh, fighters that, well, I'll say one fighter who was, in the case of Ono, who was very hesitant to take it just a little step forward. I thought this fight was personally just, like, incredible uh, display of kickboxing. Um... Do you think that... Uh, yeah, best, best kickboxing fight I'll give you. I'll give you it was the best kickboxing fight for okay. sure. Um, but again, like, so if I'm if I'm picking... I actually had a tough time with Fight of the Night on this card. Because, yeah. Because, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I sort of think... Um, I sort of think a Fight of the Night has to be competitive, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, and, like, I don't really feel like any of these fights were all that competitive. Uh, so, um, yeah. I got was, you. So I, I, I sort of had, like... Just by, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my opinion about it. Yeah, I, I, I must admit also I'm a big fan of Yuyama's shoot boxing pants, so maybe I'm also biased in that uh, in that respect that I just love the shoot yeah, boxing pants. he looked pants. cool. He definitely looked cool. I mean, put uh, he and the, and the guy uh, the next day, too, um, uh, Kato, also looks very cool. So these, <laughs> both those guys are very cool looking. So, um, so but... Um, I know. So if I know that you said that this wasn't a, it, it, was, it definitely felt like a make good for Ibada taking that tension fight because remember they'd also had the press conference just devoted to him in Ryzen a few weeks ago. Um, his opponent wasn't there. It was just Ibada, just uh, and Sakaki Bar, I believe it was just being part of the press conference. So this definitely felt like a make good. I think Ryzen knew what they were booking with this fight. Uh, that it would be somebody who's at least has a high-level kickboxing background, but not entirely a squash match in that it's just it, that Ibada can just plow right through them. Um, okay, yeah, let me, let me rephrase. I yeah. shouldn't say it wasn't competitive. Yeah. I should say that I never, I never really doubted the winner. Yeah. I, I guess it was like a clear winner, but it was, it was competitive. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not correct. Yeah, uh, I mean, we all picked Ibada to win, and, you know, on paper, he was crude, the guy who you picked to win, uh, given his record, and also we all know that if you follow kickboxing at all, he is considered one of the uh, best. Um, uh, what was your impression of Yuyama, though, uh, this being his first, third fight in Ryzen uh, and his first loss? I thought you said it was his second, right? Or no, or this was, this was what yeah, counted as the third. This was his third. Was, this was his third. Um, it's his first loss in Ryzen. Yeah, you know, I like us like uh, you know he, he he seems like a like I said he seems like a fun fighter. He he's trying to trying to uh, get a bot to, to brawl with him. Um, yeah, it's just 
like fun to watch. Grisham, sure. what was your overall impression of this fight? My overall impression? Yes. Oh, it was a fun little war, just as we expected it would be. Mm -hmm. Also, the other story of this fight was the Ibata, his body kicks to Yuyama were some of the nastiest body kicks I heard, I've heard in a long time. And when they showed the cam, when the camera showed Ibata's side, it was just, I think it was red. Torn up. Yeah, it was red, purple. Uh, it, it, I, any lesser man, maybe even a lesser fighter, would just would not be able to survive that, but somehow Yuyama did. Um, obviously, the, you know, the big question is also, we know that this, this is Tension's division. Um, I don't think they'll do an Ibata rematch, but I'm just curious to know, Eric, if, they, if Rise, let's just say all plans fall through for Koji and Takaru for whatever reason, uh, would you ever be interested in an Ibata rematch with Tension? Uh, not at this not really at this stage. I don't. I don't. I don't think. Mm -hmm. What about Yuiyama? I mean, oh, sorry. Go ahead. May, maybe if they can get Ibata another another sort of big win, um, maybe maybe then. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yeah. um, what about ever Yuiyama uh, taking on tension, if that opportunity ever came up? Well, I mean, like in terms of like merit, I mean, or just um. Like, well, let's see. You know, like you know, like <laughs> you let's know? just say you know the let's see if Koji and Takaru fell through. They can't do it for for whatever reason. They're scrambling for an opponent. Um, they, they, they do what they do, you know. Like mm -hmm. it's uh, it's it's yeah, I, sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, if they if they're getting tension on the card, they can they they have my blessing. I got you. Oh, that, that makes it easier. Uh, that'll make all tension questions future uh, in the future more. Uh, yeah, that'll make it more easier to answer then uh, when we have you back on. <laughs> um, Christian, what about you? Do you think either of these opponents, well, we saw Ibata versus Tension already, but do you think uh, another Tension match with Ibata would be at all competitive, as well as ever Tension fighting Yoyama? I think that particular fight would be competitive, seeing an Ibata-Nasukawa rematch. Hmm. As far as Yoyama versus Nasukawa goes, I mean, we've seen how. I mean, we've seen how tension handles shoe boxes. It's not pretty. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Just recently, exactly. Yeah, like in the rise, uh, the rise match he had. Um, so uh, Eric, I ask uh, to you: uh, uh, Are Ibata and Yuyama rising worthy? You bring them back for um, kickboxing match? Uh, in yeah, the future. of course. Of course. Christian. I think so. But you would have to think, if not Nasukawa, if not Tenshin Nasukawa, who would they be better against? Mm, that, that, that's always the toughest because, like, you know, the problem is the tension is just such on a high level that uh, everybody else is just just so beneath him uh, when it comes to just pure talent as a kickboxer. Um, I do agree. They're both rising worthy again. Uh, potential fight, uh, Eric. Yuyama versus Taiga. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I could. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do with Taiga. Like, I, I think they have to. He's kind of like in the Ursin Yamamoto land now. They gotta. He's gotta figure out what's happening with his career. So, uh, yeah, I, I would. I would just say to Taiga just to 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 kind of have a have a chat with his manager. Mm -hmm. Twenty four years old and. 
I think Mike Skye said it best. 24 years old, and he's already past his prime. That, that's, like, yeah. And also, of course, Tiger versus Ibada. Ibada would destroy him within one minute, in my personal opinion. I, I think uh, Sakaki Ibarra said, what, the Tiger should fight MMA or something? Yes, because... no, and he shouldn't. He, I don't know. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a big mistake. That is, I don't know, where's Sakaki Ibarra? I'm going to assume that he was maybe joking, because I cannot take that at all seriously. Like, yeah. I, it, it had to be a joke. He had to be honestly joking. Uh, about that, I can't. I yeah. um, or he said to go down a weight class in kickboxing, which you know, good luck at his uh, with his uh, body type. You know, just yeah. being short and thick. He's a big guy. Yeah, see, he you know he just seems like he's like thirty five. Like it's weird. That's so. Oh, that's a, that's such a great point. Yeah, he he's only twenty four, but he seems like he's thirty five. Well, that's actually like that's the best way I could sum up Tiger. Um, with that being said, Christian, you want to move on to the next match? Yes, sure. And this next match. I mean, blah, look, easy for me to say. This next match did not last long. The UFC and deep veteran, the former young boy, Naoki Inoue, defeated former, no, defeated the son of the first ever Shuto lightweight champion of the world, Yuichi Watanabe, Shuto Watanabe, who ironically never fought in Shuto, in 100 seconds, or 1 minute and 40 seconds, via rear naked choke. Inouye improves his record to 14-2 and two overall. Shuto Watanabe sees his record drop to 20 wins, 5 losses, and 6 draws. Now, I know that when we originally seen this fight, Andrew, obviously, because you know him, you interviewed with him, you interviewed him before you... You pretty much go to the same gym, I think, mm-hmm. alongside him. Longo Whiteman MMA. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, yes, that's yeah, correct. We're over the fucking moon when this fight happened. Well, I was over the moon when NUA won, and we were both doing commentary on. We were both doing commentary on Twitch, and we were both excited for this fight, mm-hmm. and just excited when the fight ended. But how did you personally feel? When anyway got that submission victory, knowing that we all picked, I think didn't we all pick anyway? Or I, I, think, was, somebody about, Shuto. I think somebody picked Shuto. Yeah, I have you down, yeah. Christian, for picking Shuto. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about why don't you? Oh, uh, well, still, yeah. How did you feel when Naoki got the win via submission? And do you think that you know the sky's only the limit for him in Horizon? Well, you know, I think that was the biggest question was, you know, I was my I was really confident that sh- that uh, Inouye was going to win, but I didn't think by submission of all things. Um Shuto this um I'm trying to remember. So this was the first time that Sh- that Shuto Watanabe had been submitted since 2013. Uh so it's been a long time since he's been submitted in an MMA competition. I figured it was either going to be in a way winning on the feet because, we were, like we saw at the Trent Gurdum fight, his he actually outboxed Trent Gurdum and then ironically kind of got outgrappled by uh, by Gurdum um, as well. But with this fight, we saw in a way it did the striking wasn't even really like it wasn't even a factor. In a, he just got he got in a way's back and choked him out. 
and it, and it was it that was that to me was the most surprising thing just that it he won that way he even said in his post fight interviews that he expected his opponent to uh, he expected his opponent's strategy was to grapple and that he was finally relieved to get a finish with an opponent in Ryzen I think this is also I think this is the first opponent he's actually finished in maybe about four or five years if I'm correct um, I'll have to double check on that because I didn't write that down in my notes here. Um, sorry, I stand corrected. Actually, no, um, the last opponent he finished was back in, uh, deep, uh, last year. But before that, you know, he had, he hadn't gotten a finish since 2016. So, I mean, yeah, you know, and also he did fight, he, for this fight, he did train at Sonic Squad with Tetsuya Seki, uh, since the Cerro Longo gym is officially closed due to New York, uh, Closing down all gyms. Really, the gyms are still closed in New York. Yep, yep, they cannot operate wow. at all. Uh, but uh, the most I will say is that some gyms are operate operating under the table. That is all I can say. Um, well, but at least it's for instance. Uh, no comment, Christian. I I don't want to comment on that publicly. Um, well, just to uh, actually keep your head up and not get two new holes to it. Exactly. Uh, so, Eric, I want to ask you, I mean, the one that the, the, we were discussing this fight, we were going to wonder if it was to become a grappling match or that the grappling would just be negated since they're both high-level grapplers. And it turned out, no, that's not what happened. They they grappled. They grappled, and it was awesome. Would you agree? Yeah, for, 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 for like a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Not not a very long fight. Like all the all the fights uh, this 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 evening were not not super long. But yeah, it was it was exciting. It was fun. Um, the the thing I don't know. The couple things I noticed, I guess. Uh, like it seemed to me like Naoki was not uh, taking advantage of of Ryzen rules a little bit. Like I think he had some opportunities for some knees or, or even soccer kicks that mm-hmm. uh, when when Shuto was kind of when kind of lunging in on him. Yeah. Uh, that that he didn't that he didn't take. So maybe he was still thinking he was in the UFC or something. Uh, but um, but the what really when I rewatched this fight, what really uh, really amazed me was how how slick it was when he took the back of Shuto. It was really awesome. Just like like uh, they're they're kind of they're wrapped up in the in the corner, and he just sort of you know bends around the back. It was really 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 slick move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then he. And then he put in the choke and, you know, got the finish. It was great. So, uh, obviously, the big, you know, Ryzen Bandweight division is, I would say right now, probably their best division right now in terms of talent. Not only just Japanese talent, but just all the talent that they have internationally. Uh, what would you say would be would a agree. good fight for for Inouye next? Didn't he Didn't he call out Ishuatari? Yeah, but Ishuatari's injured right now. So, I don't know if that fight can happen. Uh, How about Okikubo? Is he ready? I, the, mm, that's an interesting fight. Um, hmm. That isn't... Uh, that we, I, it would be an interesting fight considering the fact that Okikubo would have went to the UFC and anyway was in the UFC around the same time that Inu, I mean, around the same time that Okikubo was on the ultimate fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only thing is that I think that in a way, since he won, I have a problem pairing him with somebody who just lost. Um, yeah. I, I've always believed in pairing winners with winners, losers with losers, um, unless there's some there's some reason you can't. 
I mean, obviously the fight that I was seeing and then Victor Henry uh, mentioned is that, yeah, he wants Inoue next. And, you know, in a perfect world, if they somehow could get the uh, international fighters to come in, I think that's a fight you can make. Um, yeah. I think maybe even as like a, just a unofficial or even official number one contenders match, I think. Yeah, and then, and then so then Kai fights Kyoji, and then the winner gets gets the winner of the Inoue-Henry uh, fight, gets the winner of that. I think that, yeah, I think, uh, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, that, that's cool. I'm not sure, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if Ryzen would do that, like, but, but uh, it seems to me like they would, maybe like Ishwatari or, or, or even uh, Matoya or somebody might have something to say about that. Yeah. I'll like you said, yeah. like there's, there, there's so many good fighters in bantamweight that it's, it's hard to, uh, hard to make the, the matchups. I mean, it's easy. It's easy and it's hard. Yeah. I mean, if, if they can't get foreigners by December, I mean, God forbid if they can't get foreigners by December. I think the only fight you can really realistically make would be against Matoya as a number one containers match. I think, um, yeah, it's good. Uh, what about Shuto, though? Um, do you think, uh, is he Ryzen worthy to come back? How, uh, you have to refresh my memory how he's done in the past. Uh, he was on a, uh, on a winning streak before the fight. Um, I don't have the exact, uh, number of, uh, of streak that he won, but he is also a, uh, he is the, uh, I believe he's the Zest, uh, Bantamweight champion as well. They certainly, like you said, like they certainly have a lot of fights uh, available at bantamweight. So, oh yeah, he was on a nice streak, wasn't he? Oh yeah, the, uh, um, four fight win streak, yeah. by the way. Uh, four fight. Actually, yeah. I'm sorry, no, it goes more than that, like six. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said four because because oh, Tapology has the uh, has the uh, that grappling fight in between. So yeah, it, it's it. He had more than half dozen win streak. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, so since what about him versus Ogikubo or possibly against Full Swing? I think maybe full swing is a better shout. Uh, that would, because, you know, you got like striker grappler kind of thing going there. Um, like really striker grappler, like totally. And uh, that could be, yeah, that could be fun. That could be a good fight. If they can get uh, international people uh, to come in, what about him versus Gurdum? Also good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. same kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about him? What about him versus Victor Henry? I don't know. I think that Vic, no, since Victor got his got is on a winning streak along, but anyway, I don't think again. I don't like pairing winners with losers because the winner has really nothing to gain. Truthfully, in the end, if they, if they lose, you know, they're back. You know, presumably at the bottom of the ladder. Uh, you know, if, if they if I was Victor Henry, and they offered me Shuta Wanabe, I would just say no. And you know, that's that fight is beyond me at this point. My personal. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, what, what about you, Christian? What about those uh, fights? You know, Watanabe versus Full Swing, or Watanabe versus Ogikubo. Um, how would you, uh, or maybe even Gurdum? What do you say about those fights? The only fights that would make sense right now is Watanabe versus Full Swing, or Watanabe versus Ogikubo. Because mm-hmm. of course, you know Australia, where Gurdum is. No, wait, actually, Gurdum trains out in Thailand. Yes. Yeah. Originally. West Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. And don't, I don't know what the situation for travel is like in Thailand, considering half of the world's fighters, half of the world's top-trained fighters train out of there. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
Yeah, but, uh, they're 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 pretty. They have a pretty hard lockdown in Thailand, I, I believe, from what I understand. So it's hard, kind of hard to get in and out of Thailand right now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But the point of the matter is, I just think the only fights that would make sense right now, from a current standpoint in the world, is Watanabe versus Full Swing or Watanabe versus Okuba, especially Watanabe versus Okuba, because you got a guy who recently challenged for the Rising Bantamweight title. Spoiler alert, we'll talk about that pretty damn soon. Versus a guy in Watanabe who's a second-generation competitor. Obviously, his dad was the first-ever Shudo lightweight champion. And he, I mean, Shudo Watanabe is obviously currently the Zest, yeah, the Zest featherweight champion. Zest Bantamweight or Featherweight? Bantamweight. I'm not sure. Bantamweight, yeah. Zest Zest Bantamweight champion. So, yeah, that fight would make a lot of sense considering the fact that you got somebody who has shined for his dad's old promotion versus somebody who's trying to shine on his own without his father's coattails needing to be right. I mean, needing to be written every time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And uh, I also did not bring up Okazazaki because I believe he is still injured with that jaw injury, I believe. I don't believe he's actually still 100%. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with him. It seems like seems like he's kind of, like, not so into fighting right anymore. I'm not sure. I mean, like, it was a, such a tough loss for him uh, yeah. last time. Uh, I, I really like Sasaki a lot. He's, he seems like a, like a cool guy, and he's he got, the, got the cool, like, clothing line and, like, mm. all that. So, you know... I think he'd do well without without the fighting. Mm-hmm. Isn't he still in the states? Isn't he still in New York City? Yeah, but he, no, he's, he's in Japan. You no, know, he, he he trains in he trains in New York City, but he does have Japanese citizenship, so he can go back and forth. Come and go, yeah. Yeah, like like in a way, um, and uh, Ursan. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I believe he is still injured. If I'm or still is not one hundred percent fully recovered. Jaw injuries are very serious. Those are not. Those do not heal up very quickly. Yeah, I, I have a, I actually have a steel plate in my jaw. There, it's not not fun. Um, uh, yeah, Olka, Olka was a big presence on all the all the like TV or not the TV like the YouTube. A lot of the videos yeah. for Ryzen I noticed coming into this. Obviously, he's still a part of the part of the picture. Hmm. Um. What now? The other thing I if Shuto never comes back, I think we can all agree that Shuto is definitely Ryzen worthy. Um, Eric and Christian, I, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and I mean, he honestly, he didn't show much in that fight, but, but yeah. But given his pedigree, I think it's fair to say yeah. that judging him from that one fight, I don't think that, you know, I think his record proves more than that one fight, I think. And yeah. I also have to mention that Ryzen, you know, if you don't necessarily lose, doesn't mean you're, you're not coming back, you know? It's not like sure. USC where it's, you know, 0-3, you're gone, or... Uh, in the case of BJ Penn, Owen, whatever it is, 100, and then you're finally gone? Owen, yeah, Owen out in front of the bar in yes. Hawaii. <laughs> it's more about what you bring to the fight. Um, yeah. And also, but the Ishitari fight is interesting because, you know, Ishitari did uh, beat the uh, anyway, uh, training partner, Suzaki, but I do think in terms that I think that unless Inoue were to lose the Victor Henry fight, uh, if they ever if they do do that fight, uh, I think maybe then you can do it, uh, but I don't know how what, how bad Ishutari's injury is. He seems to get injured a lot. He seems to take these very long breaks. 
um, in between from the when he start, when he fights. Because I remember when he did the Bandway tournament, he didn't come back fighting for about another year and a half, and now he's injured again. So I don't know. That's that's dude does not bode well. That's like Kane Velasquez level of just bad injuries, and that's usually not a good sign for the future. Um, just a random question as well, because um, I'm curious to know when uh, the borders do open up. Uh, Ray Borg was released by UFC um, after. Because of the fact that he pulled out of another fight. Yes, uh, I don't want to get into the exact number because he's pulled out of way too many. Um, I'm curious to know, uh, Eric, if, are you familiar with Ray Borg? And if so, do you think? Yeah, yeah. no, I know Ray. I, I, you know, I, I don't think much of Ray Borg. I remember when Ray Borg uh, fought fought DJ, and he was just like talking so much shit about going up to fight DJ, and DJ did not have any trouble with Ray Borg. But, oh yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe like. Yeah, maybe like bantamweight in Asia would work out better for him anyway. Like, uh, if because he has a lot of trouble making weight. Um, yeah, so he, he could he could be a. I don't I don't think Ryzen would be able to pay him quite what he wants. Maybe, but but like maybe like one championship or something. Um, but also, uh, he would have to make weight. He would have to do that as well. Um, yeah, he didn't have to do that in one so much. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they don't they don't care as much. Christian, right. would, would would you would you want to see Ray Borg in Ryzen? Ever? I would want to see him compete for one fight. If he doesn't do well, ship his ass off to one FC. Or if he doesn't make weight. Because then, if he wins a fight, it's a no contest. And basically... Yeah, just like we learned from the first show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, but uh, let's move on to the first women's match uh, of the night, before, Christian. Before we do oh, that, sorry. can you guys give me like a, can you give me like a, like a two-minute... Yeah, sure. No problem. Sure, all right. Uh, you can you can talk about it, but I'll, I'll be just two minutes, okay? Okay, Christian. After you, let's talk about the first women's match of the night. Yeah, let's talk about the tri main event, and that tri. I mean, the first of three main event fights on this card: Kanaha Sakura knocking out Mizuki Furuse in her first knockout victory of her career. By the way. Mm-hmm. 95 seconds or 1 minute and 35 seconds into round number 1 Kama, the 2017 Rising Super Animate Grand Prix winner improves to 17-4 and Baruse now officially at 7-7 seven and seven overall now I gotta ask considering the fact this was Masakura's first knockout victory are you shocked? um knockout yeah um this was a very one-sided fight, and I think we kind of knew that from the beginning that Kana was going to dominate uh, the minute that the bell rang. Maybe Mizuki could have done something on the feet, but she made the brilliant decision to try to take down Kana, which I don't know if that was her decision at that moment or if the coaches told her to do that, but whoever, whatever... Why it was, should not because that was the the beginning of her undoing. Um, I and, and you know it's funny. I think that Kana could have easily submitted her from uh from uh, the dominant top position that she had. But the prop, but I think she wanted to, to get that TKO win. I think she wanted to get that first uh TKO win on her record. She just didn't want another submission. She wanted that. Specifically, because I think she could have easily, easily finished this fight by submitting her, choking her out, or going for an armbar or something. Um, and to be 
Yes, it wasn't quite like, you know, your typical knockout. Stand and bang, ding, 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 you got your ass kicked. Yeah. It was the fact that Asakura, you know, being a super, being a super anime competitor, Mizuki just had to make the dumb decision of going to the ground, knowing that Asakura is much, knowing that Asakura is a total ground fighter. Exactly. It's the fact that Asakura won the fight via just straight, Clubbing, so to speak, and I'm not talking about nightclub either. I'm talking about clubbing her like a baby seal. And I think we definitely, you know, in the past, one of the things biggest, biggest critics we've always said about Kana was that her striking is just not, it's just not good. Um, now I don't know if the case of her striking was good in this case or if Mizuki's was just not good, but I think. I think no matter what, this fight was going to end with Kana winning. Submission, decision, or knock, or TKO in this case. Uh, grounded, ground and pound TKO. Um, Eric, are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, just, well, yeah, we were talking about the uh, Kana and uh, Mizuki. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on Kana getting her first TKO win in her entire career with this fight. With those, that gnarly, gnarly grounded pound. Yeah. Um, did she- that she's so well known for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was actually, you know, it's funny. I, 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 uh, I rewatched this one last night as well, and uh, it's actually kind of similar to the to the head to the main event. <laughs> in yeah. Some ways, it's very, very like similar dynamic is the main event. It's kind of funny. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was surprised that 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 she uh that yeah that she pounded her out like that was a the, you know actually i actually thought the ref could have stopped that sooner i thought the ref even maybe let that go a little longer than it than it needed to mm. uh maybe because of maybe because of her maybe her strikes were not that hard but yeah but it seemed it seemed pretty clear i mean uh the Furuse was was flattened out totally getting pounded on i mean she was she was done it seemed pretty obvious to me what do you think um, of, sorry go ahead yeah, I think the other the other interesting thing I, I would notice uh, mention about that fight was: Did you notice she had her TikTok sponsorship on her uh, on her on her on her jersey? Right? She was uh, she was at the she's got the TikTok money gun. Yeah, I realized that she had not only the New Era sponsorship, but the TikTok sponsorship on her, I guess, sports bra. <laughs> yeah, she's she kind of making some money, man. I think TikTok probably got a lot of money. So uh, yeah, she, she's doing well. Like, good thing she's not in the UFC, right? <laughs> uh, get those, those sponsorships. Is TikTok? No, well, I heard that probably lasted as long as a TikTok video. Yeah, right. I'm curious to know. Um, actually, that's really funny, Christian. Funny, Christian. That's really true. I'm laughing now because that's actually that's really funny and really true. Um, I thought that is TikTok. I thought I was talked about being. I know that it's being talked about being banned here in America, but wasn't Japan thinking about doing the same thing as well? I think probably just because they like to just copy what America does. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like I, I, I think uh, like TikTok is obviously it's too too young for me, man. I've, I've never I've never even looked at TikTok, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I've, I've never <laughs> never opened it. Never. I think. It, I think I'd probably get in trouble if I went on TikTok, yeah. but uh, like they would, some somebody would come to my door. But uh, yeah, I mean, she's obviously doing well. With what that. Do, What do you think about? So the reason why Mizuki basically got into that bad position was that she tried for a takedown on Kana. Why do you think Mizuki 
what, what, what was what was the idea behind that? It was the, like the biggest mistake to make, literally, that you could have made in this entire fight, and she did it. Yeah, yeah. Like honestly, like I, I think last time I, I'd never seen her fight before. I think you said you've watched some of her, some of her old fights, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. So what is what is generally her plan of attack? Yeah, she, I mean she does strike, but she does go for takedowns. But you kind of just figure with with Kana's. You know, other than Miyu Yamamoto and Alyssa Garcia, I mean, I would assu- I would say that Akana Azakura's grappling and wrestling background is levels higher than somebody like Mizuki. And I think we even talked about how Mizuki could win probably only on the feet. And she did the complete yeah. opposite by trying to get it down to the ground immediately. Oh! Sorry, I gotta go again. Sorry, guys. I'll be right back. Oh, I, I just wanted to say, yeah, I think that, you know, we, we were talking about how Mizuki... Maybe went on the feet, but then um, I think that yeah, she why she decided to take the take it to the ground was just honestly perplexing and beyond me. Um, I think that you know, I, we knew this fight was going to go this way. Um, there was this was a squash match. I think it was definitely made to give Kana a win um, and also face somebody who's younger than her. I know that Ryzen promoted Mizuki as a as a prospect. But I don't think it's fair to say because she's had may, may, way too many fights at this point to consider her a prospect. I think I, I consider prospects more by fight number of fights than age. Because um, at one point, Daniel Cormier was a prospect and he was, what, in his late 20s, early 30s, whatever it was, uh, when he started as an MMA uh, fighter. Um, I guess the big question now is uh, what's next for Kana? Um I know one thing when it comes down to what's next for her. It's definitely another fight with Ayaka Hamasaki, nor is it really another fight with Tiohi Ham either. Um, wait, they, uh, Ham and Tiohi uh, Ham and uh, Kana have fought? I, I, thought, I thought they haven't yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you're right, they haven't fought against each other. I'm just saying. I don't think it would be wise for Kana to come off of victory to match her with Ayaka Hamasaki again because we've seen the result last time and it wasn't pretty. Yeah. But I just don't know who would be right to face Kana Asakura. Yeah. Um, Eric? I'm, I'm, I'm saying Stamp Fairtex. Really? <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's that's I mean... the fight I want to see. In terms of like MMA, uh, wouldn't that I know? Well, Stan Stamp Fairtex has she has a few MMA fights, right? Is she doing MMA? Oh yeah, yeah, she's doing MMA. I mean, she she's going. She she thinks she can fight Angela Lee, which I think will be a will be a travesty. But but uh, yeah, she's she's fighting MMA now. Didn't uh, wasn't her most uh, didn't, didn't she? Fairtex also has an exclusive contract with One FC. So no, mm. no, of course. I mean, I'm 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 not I'm not being serious. Yeah. So, I think it'd be I think actually it'd be a really great fight and mm-hmm. they're both uh, they're both about the same age and they're they're uh, both like darlings of the promotion I think it'd be a really good fight but mm-hmm. uh, but I, yeah obviously it wouldn't happen so. well I mean we, before uh, you got here Christian was talking about the uh, Hamazaki rematch which I don't think honestly I think a lot that's not an interesting fight to make truthfully what if what do you think about that match since they both won the respective yeah. fights like I, I, I heard uh, Christian saying that he can't really think of anyone to fight Asakura, and I, I agree. I, I don't, I don't see much out there for her at this this stage because uh, Hamasaki, not so interesting. Uh, uh, Siohiam, 
would just annihilate her. Uh, not not interesting to see a Miyu Yamamoto rematch. Um, what about the uh, what about a Reina rematch? This would be the first time that they would rematch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess Reina. What is the what is the record on that? Uh, Reina. Uh, she. Uh, uh, no, I mean, like in terms of their fights. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, well, we have Kana at twenty. Oh. Oh, I'm trying to no, I mean like like so Reina versus uh, uh, Sakura. What is it like one and one or something or is it oh, two no, and zero? Oh, two and zero. Don't bracket against one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sakura has won both times. First time she submitted her, and second time was by decision. Yeah, yeah I think so, she's gonna win the third time as well. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense for Reina to face off against Kana one time, would it? No, no. But I mean, here's the thing. You do. I mean. I don't know. Hmm. It's a very, it's very tough because I mean, if you're, you presume that it seems like that the only match you could make would be against Hamazaki. But again, I think that Hamazaki wins a hundred out of a hundred times. And the problem is, you pair Kana against anybody else, like a, we'll be talking about Tomo Mesawa or Mina Kurobe. I think Kana dominates them as well. I you know yeah. once the uh, the borders open up you have a lot more talent from from Thailand um, like uh, Amp the Pocket Rocket I know she, she's a uh, but she's currently doing the uh, micro weight tournament in uh, Deep Right Deep Fuels right now um, I don't know if you would want to bring Emmy Tomomatsu I think I, she's another Adam weight but I don't know if like she even I mean, kind of think of it you would want to put Emmy. You would want to bring Emmy Tommy Master in, but what about Emmy Fujino? Oh, I don't know about that either. Um, mm, that's you know again. I think that Akana is better than all these people, but is will always be below Hamazaki. So it's kind of like she has this weird. The mo the match that if you want if like the boards open up, the one match maybe I would be interested in seeing is maybe a rematch against Alyssa Garcia. Since that was her first Ryzen fight and her first loss in Ryzen, I would just be curious to see how you can run that fight back and see maybe if it becomes, like, one and one maybe. I don't know, Lindsey Van Sant, um, potentially. Um, I know she's very small for Adam Waite. Um, even, uh, but, you know... Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. Lindsay Van Zandt is still labeled as a contender. I mean, Lindsay Van Zandt is now labeled as Invicta Anaweight contender. And, you know, with the amount of Invicta fighters now going to the three-letter promotion, the UFC, who knows if she'll even be available. That's true, that's true. Yeah, the, the competition is just, it's very, like I said, very weird that, that she will always be above many fighters, but I think always below... The top two, and and like you said, Eric, with Ham and both the Hams, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um. What about Mizuki Furuse? Do you uh, is she rising worthy to come back? She's seven and seven. First of all, I don't think that it would be wise for Ryzen to bring her back. Hmm. How about you? Still, I just don't know if it would be. I mean, if they do bring her back. Have her face off against the job, or have her face off against somebody, you know, involved in professional wrestling. I mean, hell, even bring Fury Kondo, and I don't know if she's signed to the. I mean, it might take a lot of mountains 
in order for her to ditch the UFC to sign with Ryzen, which of course she's still surprisingly under contract with them, despite just now getting back into professional wrestling with stardom. Mm-hmm. But still, I think that it would be. I mean, I think that if a Shuri Kondo versus Mizuki Furuse fight were to happen, you know, that would be cool. But I just don't see Mizuki Furuse fighting anybody else in Rising. Mm-hmm. How about you, Eric? What do you think about Furuse? Is she Rising worthy? I well, I mean, like like we're like we're saying, there's not seems like there's not a lot of uh, uh, competition at this weight class. But but just like she seemed she seemed like she had a good personality. She seemed like she was fun. She's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's very young. You know, so like I, they could they could probably do something with her if they wanted to. But in terms of in terms of her skills, no, it doesn't appear to be uh, rising worthy. So you bring up uh, Siri Kondo, Christian, because Siri Kondo, get this, first person to ever beat uh, Kanazakura in an MMA match. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Kondo versus Azakura. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, Furuse. The problem is, is that, again, you know, she, I think she's at a level where she could beat maybe three-fourths of the people they bring in deep. But I don't know, if you bring her, if you put her up against, like, Miyu Yamamoto, Miyu Yamamoto, Miyu just wipes the floor with Mizuki for three rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe against um, Amp, if the borders board, uh, open up, um, and if uh, Amp isn't uh, sticking at microweight, um... I don't know. Uh, it's yeah, again. She's at a level where she'll beat certain people, but then she won't beat anybody who's like top ten, maybe even top fifteen. So very, you know. I you know. I think you could definitely bring her back. You know, maybe for some opener matches. Uh, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, nothing. No big spots. You know. This. You know. This match was clearly made to favor Kana. Um, yeah. Uh, in every way possible, and we saw that with the fight. Um. But with that being said, Christian, let's move on to the co-main event of Ryzen 22, where we could talk more about Ryzen Atomweight Division. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Ayaka Hamasaki, the former Invicta and Ryzen Atomweight slash Super Atomweight World Champion, defeated Deep Jewels Atomweight Champion Tomo Maesawa, not Maesawa, Maesawa, mm-hmm. the submission in 86 seconds of round number two. One minute, 26 seconds mm-hmm. of round two. Ayaka improves her records to 20 wins and three losses, fresh off of losing her belt to C.O.E. Palm in their third fight. Maisawa drops down to 13 and 11 overall as a representative for Deep. Now, continuing on with the conversation about Ayaka Hamasaki... Let's just say if a fourth fight between her and Siohi Han doesn't happen, or a second fight between her and Kana Asakura ha- doesn't happen, or if a fight between her versus Reina Kabolta's Yuri Kondo doesn't happen, what's next? And as far as my Sawa goes, what do you see is next for her other than going back to deep? Mm-hmm. I just also add as well, Mesal. Uh- my Sawa is the current deep atomweight champion as well. Uh, Eric? Yeah, you just mentioned that. Oh. Deep Jewels ain't champion. Sorry about that. 
Uh, yeah, Eric, uh, pose those questions to you first. Sorry, I'm looking up her name in Katakana so I can see how to what the pronunciation is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Ma Isawa, that's right. Because, um, uh, yeah, the kanji, I don't know. But, um, <clears throat> sorry, what was the question? What are we talking about? Uh, Hamasaki uh, is the best. That's what I think. <laughs> that's the other deal. I mean... <laughs> If our future ain't already planned out, like if she doesn't have any fights with, say, fighters like Kana Asakura or Shuri Kondo or Raina Kubota or even a rematch, well, a quadrilogy fight, I guess, with Siohi Ham, what's next for Ayaka Hamasaki? Yeah, I like I said, I really, I really, I'm a big fan of uh, Hamasaki. She's she's one of my one of my favorite fighters in Ryzen. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd like to see her against uh, Siohiyam again, a uh, rematch. That's what I would think is probably next for her. Uh, but, like, this fight, I was kind of surprised at her her tactics in this. Her, uh, you know, her, her game plan in this fight kind of surprised me. She didn't even, didn't even go for a takedown, you know, for, mm. like, for like four minutes um, into the first round. I have a theory and, behind uh, that. I have a theory behind that after you're done, Eric. Yeah, no, I mean, but she was getting hit, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like she was, she was totally skating, I mean, she was totally getting hit, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was interesting, I guess, I guess, uh, uh, but then in the second round, you know, right away, she goes for the takedown, and she gets the finish, so, uh, what is, what is your theory? Uh, yeah, by the way, she went for, uh, that, that takedown remind me of, I don't know if you ever seen this, uh, fight that Yo Romero had on the regional circuit, where he just grabbed some guy's ankle, and just picked them up and flipped them over. Uh, in an MMA fight, it's kind of a famous, uh, a little famous uh, takedown of Yo Romero. Yeah. But it reminded me of that, where she just grabbed the ankle and just took her down. Like it looked like she did it. She did it with such ease, uh, Hamazaki to uh, Tomo. But uh, my theory is that so, a few weeks ago, these two met in a tag team grappling match in Deep Jewels, and Ayaka uh, tapped out. Actually, uh, she tapped out both Mizuki Furuse and Tomo May. Maesawa, excuse me, uh, in the match to win. Um, and my theory was she didn't want to beat this repeat opponent again by submission. She wanted to knock her out. And wanted to knock her out. Yeah, and, but, by, but she saw that it wasn't working, so she just... Because, you know, we, we all know how Hamazaki fights. When that round begins, she tends to immediately clinch up and go for the judo throw to get the opponent down. She didn't do this at... That was not even, she didn't even do any of that at the first round. Like you said, she did it immediately in the second round. So I think she realized, okay, I can't really knock this girl out, so let me try to get her on the ground. And it seemed like she didn't want to get a submission while on the ground either. She was trying to do ground and pound. But then she realized, okay, uh, Tomo's way too tough. I just got to go for a submission and a fight, or else this will go on for another round. And so that's why she uh, did the Kimura to uh, end the round. I don't know what your thoughts about that, but that just seemed to me like what what her game plan was because she did not fight normally how Hamazaki does fight in uh in her matches. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that's probably true that she was like so, had some sort of agenda for herself, you know, like I want to get the knockout yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah, for sure. And contrary to what most people think, fighters don't just want to win fights the easiest way. A lot of them like to challenge themselves in in fights. They like to just yeah. try. Yeah. Particularly when they're expecting to win, you know. Yeah, and we we all were expecting Hamazaki. This was clearly a, a, like the Azakura match was made to give 
Hamazaki a win. Can we also just say about Tomo Maesawa that she that her two fights in Ryzen have been against both Siohi Ham and Hamazaki? Did she piss off Sakaki Bar or something or Shingo? Uh, and like to incur the wrath of the two of the I have number one, number two <laughs> super atom weights in the world. What's the deal with that? Just having imagine you're brought in and you're and those are your two opponents. Like I'm just thinking like not even not even a a, a fight like a like a like a tune up fight. Your first opponent's Siohi Ham, and then your second opponent's Hamazaki. Yeah, it's 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 very terrible. You you you've been to you've been to Japan, right? Yes, yeah. You know you know like uh, you know like Jonathan's or like Royal Host or these kind of restaurants, these like family restaurants. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like kind of like Denny's or something. Sort of like would be the equivalent. But but tell me my my. Maesawa reminds me of like the lady who works behind the counter there. <laughs> she's like, oh. she's got this like real like like sort of like middle aged waitress vibe. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you're just getting your ass kicked. I'm sorry. By the way, her striking was so strange. You know, her striking reminded me of Ring Nakai a lot. Where like it's not even really striking. It seems like she's almost open hand slapping. Like it's not even full on punches. Her striking looked. It didn't look bad, but it looked weird. Um, yes. uh, what do you do with... Uh, well, obviously, we all know that Hamazaki is rising worthy and, we'll, and maybe we'll face Ham in a rematch. What about uh, what about our the, the good old waitress Tomo, Eric? What do you do about her? <laughs> okay, so are we? Are you gonna are you gonna let Kana beat her up? Is that what you wanted to do, or or or? Uh, I mean, here's Furuse, the thing. If, if, Actually, there you go. Do that. Do Furuse, Tomo. There you go. Okay. I'm surprised that that match hasn't happened in Deep Jewels of all things, but no, they never actually have a, had a, a matchup uh, together. Um, Christian, what do you think about uh, uh, Tomo Maesawa, the waitress, and her future in Ryzen? Like I said before, she's going to go back to Deep. I think the only way Ryzen gets her is if they got, you know somebody internationally that they can feed her to. That's true. That's a good point, yeah. Um, yeah, I, they put they put her up against Kana. Kana beats her 100 out of 100 times. I don't know. The Mizuki fight is interesting, but I don't think it's interesting enough to book for a Ryzen card. I think that's something... I guess, actually, you know, come to think, if you want to give Miyu a win, that might be a way to, a way to go. I think you do Miyu versus both Mizuki... And Tomo on the same night, I think she beats them both by decision, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the same uh, time. What about the same time? Same time. I think she beats them at the same time as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with that being said, um, we gotta talk about the main event, Christian, because I think we, I think we were shocked by how, according to our picks, uh, how this fight went down. Uh, we gotta talk about just this fight in general because it was it was something else how this fight went. But alas, Andrew, we both agreed after this particular fight that a certain somebody was gonna be the future of the rising lightweight division. Yes. If all things don't go according to plan. Yes, and I'll give you I'll give a hint. He's not Japanese by birth, so that should narrow yeah, it down. But still, point of the matter is, Roberto Tatoshi de Sosa knocked out 
against Kayachi. One minute, 52 seconds, round one. DeSosa improves his professional MMA record to 10 wins, one loss. And oh, by the way, this doesn't include the jujitsu demolition he had at Ryzen 22. Mm. I mean, he had at Ryzen 21 exactly five months, well, six months ago, less than six months ago, still. Point of the matter is, Roberto Satoshi DeSosa improves to 10 and 1. He gets off of the fact that he lost to Johnny Case at Ryzen 19. And he scored a nice little victory. In an impressive amount of time. Yachi, however, drops to 21 and 10. And considering the fact that aside from his most recent victory against Yoroto Uesako at the Bellator Japan show, his entrance theme, which was a remix of Bruce Lee's Into the Dragon, <laughs> followed by the usual soul screen, Choho no Vitae, aka Bees and Butterflies. <laughs> Basically, he came in like the dragon and got doused like a flame. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still, point of the matter. It's like Andrew and I said after we done our little commentary for Rising, I mean, for the Rising card on this particular night. But Roto Satoshi DeSosa, aside from the Jiu-Jitsu demolition back in February, He's 3-1 in Ryzen. Well, actually, um, yeah, he's 3-1 in Ryzen. Mm-hmm. He pretty much is one of the top lightweight competitors in the promotion right now, not excluding Tofik Musayev. Do you potentially see him facing off against Tofik for the lightweight title if Michael Chandler doesn't come over to Ryzen? Or Patricky Pitbull Fury, or Patricky or Patricio Pitbull Fury, don't go over to Ryzen from Bellator. Mm-hmm. And as far as Kayachi is concerned, and I'm trying to look at his record right now, Yusuke Yachi has fought in Ryzen for most of the last four years. He's a former Pacific Extreme Combat Featherweight Champion, made that promotion rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Still, if you look at Yusuke Yachi now, aside from the fact that he defeated Hiroko Uesako at the Bellator Japan show, he's not really doing too good inside the Rising Ring. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been doing too good lately inside the Rising Ring. As a matter of fact, this is his fourth straight L under yeah, Rising. Well, you got to win in Bellator, right? But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was under Rising Pools. But as far as the actual Bella, as far as the actual Rising Fighting Federation goes, this is his fourth straight loss in Rising after five consecutive wins to kick off his Rising campaign. So, do you see him still in the promotion, or do you see him on his way out? Eric, after you. Well, I I, I have to apologize to to Yusuke because last last time. I kind of made fun of his viewer or his uh, subscriber count on YouTube, but but I was corrected and told that he actually has a lot of followers, uh, and his YouTube his YouTube channel is doing very well. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Yusuke. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, you know.
know, I mean, he's he's like a he's a fun guy. He's he's you know a solid fighter. He's like you said, he's got a real popular YouTube channel, all this stuff. So I I, I, I think I see him sticking around Ryzen. I I, um, I was thinking of a fight for him, maybe the the uh, guy from Twenty Three. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Majima. Um, possibly the guy who lost that the fight to Saito. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe uh, maybe that would be a maybe be a fight for him next. But yeah, I think I, I think they're going to keep Yusuke around. Like he's like I said, he's a he's a guy who fights pretty high up on the card with on a regular basis and 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 you know is entertaining at least. Mm-hmm. I just like, the, like you... what, what you were saying before about like Ryzen. You don't necessarily have to win, right? If you have like a pretty fun fight. Then it's uh, it's okay. Basically, if you fight work, damn, you'll be fought. I mean, you'll be bought back. But also, I'm also gonna, you know, that's you know the caveat that you put up an effort. So, uh, if you remember the Jiri Prochaska Fabio Maldonado uh, debacle of a fight, uh, no, Sakaki Barra, one of the rare times he ever said uh, this publicly, said he would never bring Fabio back because he did not put up a fight at all during that match. Um, and then. Because Fabio Maldonado was, you know, and still is, juggling between boxing and MMA. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just got off of taking an L from Michael the Bounty Hunter. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, if you remember the uh, Bolpirev-Shibisai match that where Bolpirev just basically laid on top of Shibisai for three rounds. Andrew, the less said mm-hmm. about that fight, the better. Yes. All we know is Shibisai won, and... Sakaki Bar thought twice about bringing Mongolians into the promotion. Yeah, but think about that. Shibisai is back because he tried to actually put... He was trying to fight during that, but it's very hard when a Mongolian fat man is on top of you. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, Yachi obviously got, got demolished here. Right? We will talk about the fight shortly, yeah. but uh, uh, yeah, Yachi didn't, didn't look good. But, Basically, um, take it, he was taken down, his, he was taken down and then ground pound. That's, that was the entire fight. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, he didn't he didn't do much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think over the course of his career, he's shown that he's a fun he's a fun fighter. But yeah, he did he did look super nervous, right? He did look like he was not totally stoked to be in there with uh, Souza. Um, and even like in the, the beginning, he's trying to just keep him away with kicks, keep him away with kicks. And then you know, sort of this half-ass like knee thing he does, and he gets taken down and just hell pounded out of them. Yeah. Um, also, you were there for the Bellator Japan match, and I think we talked about this when we did the preview show. He was losing that fight against Uisako up until maybe the, up until the third round, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, do you remember that at all? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, I haven't. Like I said last time, I haven't. I, don't, I haven't rewatched that in a while. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I totally do. But like I said, you know, he's an action fighter. He gets in. He's the fights are fun to watch, uh, generally speaking. So, and. The the Mikuru fight was fun to watch. The 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 Bellator fight was fun. This fight was not fun for him, but it was interesting to watch. And yeah, yeah, we all picked Souza, right? We were we were talking no, about. No, we all Kibaldi. picked. We I like, have all. Oh, they don't they don't know what they're talking about. We all picked Yachi. We all I have Yachi. I, all I mean, that's pick- what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, we all picked Yachi, oh, yeah. and like the the topology picked Souza, and we're like, oh, they're stupid. Yeah, um, this is what Yachi said after the. Basically, we were dumbfounded by that. Yeah. Um, Yachi said this after the uh, fight. It was a complete beatdown. His grappling is really strong. 
I had planned to make more distance, and you mentioned that also as well, Eric, uh, that was part of his plan. Uh, and he said, I can't think of, any, of anything for my future since this loss. So, I mean, what do you do? If, uh, clearly, he was going to be a poster boy for Ryzen going forward. Maybe, you know, the next lightweight Kid Yamamoto, you know, the, uh, the, the poster boy for Crazy B. Uh, and just, you know, pro- you know, a guy who they could probably put on television because of his personality on the talk shows, variety shows, all that stuff. Um, and, but now it seems like that has been all derailed. Um, what do you, th- what do you do? Uh, you said you do put him against uh, Majima. Um, but I mean, let's just say if you were to lose that match, I mean, how much do you, do you put him in before it's either cut your losses or, you know, cut your losses and go fight somewhere else for a bit? Or, yeah, or do you just keep giving him chances until he gets a win in Ryzen? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You guys are being a little harsh, I think. <laughs> you hmm. know, like, he, he, uh, like the, like he won his last fight, right? Yes. And, uh, um, and, and the, regardless, the, the couple fights were, were pretty close. He got, he got some bad luck in a couple fights with the cut or the eye and, and the hair and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's the end of the world for him. Um, but overall, like, well, so the Diego Nunes fight that he had at Ryzen 10, I thought he lost that. Um, then he had the infamous uh, hair knockout match with Gustavo. Then he got the had the loss to Johnny Case, where his eye got just totally fucked up. Um, then the Mikuru fight, where he just got dominated for three rounds. And then, yes, there was the Yusaku fight, where he was winning, where he was uh, losing the about the first two rounds and then made a comeback. So by, props to him for that especially ending it by soccer kick. But with this match, um, it, 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 it mean, you know, clearly he was supposed to be in a higher position. Do you think that that Ryzen has to start maybe rethinking it? Still have him, but maybe just give him lower level fights. Um, yeah, I think he's probably like a mid-card guy now. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if you bring up the Majima, if you, yeah, like if you put him up against Tofik, Tofik wipes the floor of him. I don't think there's that fight is a... You, unless you want like unless you're trying to kill Yachi, um, I don't recommend making that fight. What do you think about um, Souza though ending this fight the way he did? I'm pretty sure he could have submitted him with the position that he had, but do you think he wanted to get a TKO knockout win in this fight, Eric? Well, I mean, he went for he went for two uh, chokes, right? But it seemed like the choke that was more about like position and just like freaking Yachi out, basically. Like, yeah. and then because then he like grabbed him, like literally grabs his head, and starts pounding on him. It was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was really, it was gnarly. Um, uh, could he? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he probably would have taken the the submission had it had it appeared. But, but I feel like uh, he could have just submitted him at his will. He yeah. wouldn't have even had to. He wouldn't even have to fight for it. He could have just submitted him when the minute he gets his back, just because Satoshi yeah. is that good when it comes to the submission game. But, yeah, he's he's got a. I mean, he's got like a. He's got a real intensity to him. You know, he's a super super intense guy. Uh, I think when he's out there. Um, yeah, so it's definitely definitely possible. Um, after this fight, uh, he said during the press conference, "I have res- uh, respect for Yachi. He is very famous." Um, also, after this fight, uh, he brought out one of his training partners, Kleber Erbst from K- K- Erbst. Uh, from uh, KSW. Awesome. 
ASW featherweight champion. And he said this about Earps, is that uh, he is a strong, uh, he is very strong. Um, I'm sorry, I apologize. He said that uh, Kleber told Yachi, who those two have fought before, by the way, Yachi and Earps uh, in Pancras uh, back in 2016. So Earps uh, was telling uh, Satoshi that he is a strong guy, uh, that he, he low kicks, uh, but he expects to counter takedown after it. Um, he said that also Yachi was scared to give his back, uh, so he give it, he gave uh, he instead uh, took the mount, uh, stay in that position, and then he suggested that Earps uh, come to Ryzen. Before we get into uh, uh, the whole thing of Earps, because that's the. But the funny thing about that is we originally thought when we were doing commentary that. You know that Kleber Koike Ertz was actually Marcos Yoshio de Sosa, who was the brother of Alberto Satoshi de Sosa. But Yoshio was there. I thought because I know that there's actually three three uh, Sosa brothers, and I thought the other, mm-hmm. I thought that Ertz was the third one. Uh but well, he looked like the third one. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, with the mask, it's very hard to tell from half the face. So I thought, oh, you know, this is just the the slimmer um, Sosa brother. But, yeah, um, Marcus is a pretty big guy. Oh, right? yeah. No, Marcus, you, I could easily tell because he's just so much bigger than uh, than Satoshi. But I figured, you know, I didn't just figure that, I don't know, maybe the third brother who is unknown, uh, maybe that was him. But nope, it was uh, Earps. With that uh, being that said, uh, Eric, what do you do with Souza next? Um, he did say during the press conference he now thinks that he's ready to face uh, Tofik. Do you do that yeah. match? I mean, that's the question, right? Is he ready for Tofik? Uh, and if if he's ready and Tofik's ready and Ryzen's ready, then yeah, I think that's probably the probably the matchup you make. Um, if not, I think Damian Brown um, is is like is, is like a step like stepping stone, right? But mm. but I think after after uh, after the demolition of, of Yusuke, I think you got to give him a crack at Tofik. Mm-hmm. Actually, I would like that. You know, if they did Yachi versus Brown, you know, when the board is open, I would have no problem with that fight. Um, yeah, that's good. That's uh, good. Um, but yeah, I you know, I think that that from a stylistic standpoint, because here's the thing: whenever we've seen grapplers transition to MMA, it seems like they just a lot of them just don't get the striking portion. They just it just never seems to be a part of their. They just never adapt to it well. Very few have. I mean, Gilbert Burns is one of the few whose striking is is incredible uh, for a guy transitioning to grappling from grappling. Um, but very few, like Damian Maya, I think, I, like AJ Agazar. Oh well, you know, <laughs> we said we we say her good at something, not bad at everything. Um, you can save that AJ Agazar story for. You know, when we're done with this whole review. Oh yes, yes. Um, but yeah, we we seen we seen guys who are who are pretty much grapplers never improve. Like I never thought that uh, Fabricio Verdum ever had good uh, striking, despite how long he's he's been uh, a fighter. Um, so, but he has actually his striking since the Kitaoka fight, which was his debut in Ryzen, has been incredible. Like it is. It was better. Than, I think it's better than Yachi's at this point. I think. Um, uh, I don't know if I would say that. I oh. mean, like, like really, because like you know, he uh, Souza just had these like two kind of wild hooks. 
yeah. to uh, to start the fight, and then you know, and then he gets the takedown, and he gets ground and pound, and ground and pound is a little different than, than you know when you're when you're on your feet. But well, no, with with the with the Hirota fight, um, he knocked out Hirota like with one punch. Unexpected. No, I, 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 he's definitely got power. He's yeah. definitely got a lot of power. I just like in terms of like technical boxing or whatever. I, I, I would. I don't know if I go that far. Okay. Um, but I, I think it has to be commended for a guy who could have easily just rested on his grappling laurels. Has it clearly has shown that he takes the stand up very seriously and he takes a striking seriously. Um, and I think that you know that has to be commended for him. Um. As a world class grappler, um, Erps. Yeah, I mean, seeing seeing him up against Tofik would be awesome. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it. If he's ready, I'm ready. And here's the you know uh, you know I don't know uh, I know that Sakaki Bar said that they would be bringing Tofik back in September. I mean, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if that's even realistic at this point. You know, I think it's very you know. Like you said, December is probably the ideal time to try to to do that. Um, um, now, what about uh, Erps? He's with KSW. KSW used to have something with Ryzen, but then they came out and said that we don't work with Ryzen anymore. Um, nothing was really said at all as to why. Um, are you familiar with the, with him by any chance? Uh, Eric. You know, after after uh, I watched a fight last night. Uh, after this, all this stuff kind of happened. Um, yeah, so like uh, you know, he's the KSW champ, big big uh, uh, BJJ guy. He he he's. I mean, he works at he works at the school with with Souza, right? I mean, he's yeah. like he's or he's there all the time, or that's where he trains, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Bonsai Jiu Jitsu Academy, Iwata Shizuoka, Japan. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's there. I think that he's one of the guys there. Um, yeah, it's a great, be a great, uh, great addition. And I think, I think, like, and then you hear Sakaki Ibarra saying uh, uh, that they're looking for a, a foreigner, basically, to fight for the featherweight title against Mikaru. And I think that's probably the foreigner they're talking about. You know, I think that's probably going to be it. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Because um, I was going to say. Uh, uh, Erps and and Yashi do have history. Would that be at all an interesting fight to make a rematch? I, I like I said. I think they're going. I think they're going for bigger bigger fish. With yeah. That one. Yeah. Um, I'd be expensive too. I imagine Erps probably expensive. So like I don't know if they want to waste that. On and the also fight. the other thing it comes down to is what you do with a uh, with his KSW contract because apparently. As long as under KSW, and I think Sakaki Bar said this, uh, or he said something similar that uh, being with KSW is 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 the main issue for why uh, he can't fight in Ryzen. Um, don't know if they have a non compete thing specifically with Ryzen or just a general non compete with other promotions. Um, I don't know how KSW works in that regard, but um, I, I you know they definitely they definitely had him made mention of him for a reason. This wasn't all by accident. It was... Yeah. Um, and if if it was, you know, oh, that's, that's too bad for Ryzen. But I can't believe that they that they folk made so much focus on him. And then, oh, no. Yeah. Not going to happen. Um, what do you think? 
uh, Christian. What about Yachi? What about uh, uh, Souza? What do you do uh, with these two? To be honest, when it comes down to Souza, this Souza, not Souza, but this Souza, I think that if you don't put him in a fight for the featherweight title now, he probably might have a longer opportunity. I mean, he probably might have to wait a longer amount of time in order to get that chance to fight for the title. If, you know, a champion's even crowned by January. Mm-hmm. We want to we wanna go lightweight, though, for Sosa, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But as far as Yachi goes, contractual issues aside, I wouldn't mind seeing a third. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch between him and Cleaver Koike Ernst. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're gonna cut Yachi, um, providing that like he doesn't do something stupid outside his personal life. Or they're gonna keep him around. I think Eric said it best though that he's now mid card. Uh, level, yeah, uh, he's gonna. I don't know if he should be. I guess the bigger question is, should be he should he be in a main event? What do you think about that, Eric? Should he be in a main event for Ryzen again? Probably, if he's in a main event, it's not. A, it's not a great card. Mm, is what is what you gotta say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of you just you just picking because he's a known name at this point. Um, what about him changing up uh, camps and um, Eric? Uh, not Eric. Uh, Christian. He, <laughs> Going back to that whole should he be in the main event thing? Yeah. Absolutely not. Mm. But as far as him fighting on a big time card on the main card, especially in the top three or four matches, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about tra- uh, changing tr- uh, training camps? Um, because, of course, as we did mention, he does fight out of Hard Knocks 365 Gym in Sanford, Florida. Again, Florida. But I think I, I think he only did that for one fight. I think it was either the Mikuru or the Uesako fight that he did that for. I don't think he regularly trained. I think he's just a crazy B regular. I mean, yeah, he is a crazy B regular, even though I wish he didn't have to go to such a ship on the state, Florida. This is the Florida Hate Podcast. This is the yeah. This is really is. There's a lot of a lot of trash about Florida. It's oh, Florida, is, Florida is trash. Let's be real. Let's <laughs> be real. Point of the matter is, I don't know about him switching up camps because if you think about it, if he goes to Bob and trains out of Spike Twenty Two, wouldn't he just mooch off of what the Yamamoto's are doing? It would always be a, a a change of pace than being a crazy bee, born and bred guy, um, and even like even like we said with uh, Ursan, maybe going to I know it was in Florida, but ATT, maybe Thailand, Mo- Tiger Muay Thai, maybe uh, maybe even going to another. Now probably he wouldn't go to another Japanese training camp because I think there's probably a lot more cultural reasons why people don't change up their camps a lot. Kind of it's. Uh, Eric, would you? Is it kind of like people leaving companies? People just don't leave uh, their places of work just because of a loyalty factor. Yeah, I, I, I that that may be true. Um, 
Actually, I was just gonna I was gonna do an off the wall suggestion here that you should go, you should go to Mikuru and say, Mikuru Sama, please please train me in the ways, you know, like show me show me how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think you should go to Mikuru and get him get his advice. We, That's my my suggestion for Yachi. If everything if anybody remembers when Alexander Gustafsson lost his fights against Phil Davis, the first thing he did was after the fight he said, Phil, I want to come train with you. Teach me what you did to me so I can do that and. Well, uh, we saw what his career went. Now it's bad, but after that, he went on. He was a he, he was a top light heavyweight. Um, yeah, for a number so of I remember. Years. I remember. Uh, uh, what's the uh, Overeem too? Recently, uh, I think he did that as well. Uh, like Overeem fought somebody, like one of the guys from Colorado, and it's, then went yeah. to training. Uh, went uh, to training Colorado. Didn't Overeem fight Walt Harris and wants to train with him? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. And he beat Walt Harris. That's the funny thing. He beat Walt Harris in that match. So that's interesting. That's very interesting. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Crazy B is going the way of the Black Zillions at this point. I don't think if 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 it continues on the losing streak that it is. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, it's it's you. Why would you want to train at a place that's not producing winners? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think maybe the maybe the the. I don't know, like the, the Yamamoto, I don't know, I, I don't want to say this in a bad way to like Kid Yamamoto, obviously, who's a legend, but, but like, it's like, guys, come on, like, move on, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it seems like that's sort of run its course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also we got to mention, you know, who, uh, who used to train there was uh, Kyoji Horiguchi, and then instead he changes uh, training camp to ATT under Mike Brown, and mm-hmm. we saw how his I think that, I think no matter where he would have trained, um, he would go, he would, he, he was always going to be a top five, top three guy, but training under Mike Brown ATT made him a world champion, uh, to, uh, uh to, to promotion world champion. Yeah. So I think if Yachi, I think that's the only way he can improve. Yeah. Is get away from crazy B. Um, he has to go to someplace else. Um, hey, even training, uh, if he even went to the Souza and said, uh, Souza-san, may, uh, may I train with you at Bonsai Gym? I think that could help him heaps and, uh, leaps and bounds. Um, yeah, I just think that there's not much at, at, uh, Crazy B, uh, for a lot of those fighters. I think at this point, yeah, like you said, I think that's the best thing, or, I don't know, maybe the worst thing I've heard about Crazy B, that basically it's just, all it is is, is, is basically just a, memorial for Kid Yamamoto at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I mean, and it's kind of like depressing, and, and you guys, this was a long time ago. MMA has changed. You know, yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of different stuff going on. Uh, and, and like, if you want, you know, it's, and me, I like Miyu Yamamoto is the best fighter, and she's, what, 47? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, come on, guys. It's not, not working out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's either Miyu Yamamoto or Ayashimizu who are the best fighters in Crazy yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, Aisha Mizu, what has she even done? Really, like, not not too much. So yeah, yeah, but still undefeated, like four and zero. Is she? Is she's at flyways, right, Christian? I believe. Yeah, I guess so. Um. Okay. I, I believe. Yeah. She, I think she is at light. Uh, flat. Not lightweight. She's at. She's at flyweight. I don't know that division. Also, you know, if she starts to face uh other other people in that division. I think she maybe can get a... Oh, I'm sorry. She's Adam Waite. Excuse me. Um, I mean, 
You know, we were talking so about... So you the, think she, she's got a good chance against Sio Hee-Hong, huh? No. Oh, God, no. God, no. <laughs> oh, my God. She lost to, she lost to Mizuka, Mizuki Furuza. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. For that Fighting Angel series, right? Yeah, yeah. Fighting Legion War, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, we were talking about the Atomweight division. Yeah, Aisha Mizu, I think you put up her against Kana. She loses to Kana. Hamazaki destroys her uh, at will whenever she feels like it. Um, yeah, again, she's in what those at the bottom level. Um, she, she can only defeat certain people, but not go beyond, um, top fivers, I think. Uh, okay, so I'm looking at her, her last fight was against, uh, Andy Wynn yeah. at the Bellator show that I saw. And the only thing I remember about that fight was that Andy Wynn walked out to uh, MC Hammer. Yes. So that's, that's all mm-hmm. I have. It was a pretty terrible fight, and then before that, she had the uh, at Watkins fight where there may have been a phantom tap um, in that match. Watkins had a, a eye in an armbar. There may have been a phantom tap, um, according to some people, I'll say. Um, with that being said, Eric, I want to get your thoughts on if you had a fight of the night, worst fight of the night, if there was one, and two finishes, or yeah, two finishes of the night. All right, so I'm going with uh, I'm going with sub is uh, anyway uh, for for the sub of the night. The KO of the night is Souza. Mm. Um, I you know like I said earlier, I, I do not have a fight of the night here. Mm. Um, I'm going if I have to say like sort of the most compelling fight, the most uh, the most meaningful fight. I'm also going to go with Souza. Um, and. Yeah, that's. I guess that's it. How about you, Christian? Well, I mean, if you remember what I said back on Sunday when done commentary, I had all these different choices for a fight of the night, but mm-hmm. you know, my choice. I mean, my two choices, and these are my only two fight of the night choices are the submission that Ayaka Hamasaki had over Tomo Maizawa and the knockout that the knockout that Roberto Satoshi de Sosa had against Yusuke Yachi. Would also I mean also a bonus fight for me would be that Nadaka versus Yushin fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. Um as for mine uh, as I said before, I love the Ubata Uyama fight. This, I love a, a great kickboxing match. That to me was a great kickboxing match. Um, knockout of the night, it had to go to Yoshinari and Yushin just because of. I have a thing for hellbow knockouts. One of my favorite knockouts of all time was uh, Matt Brown knocking out Diego Sanchez with that. It was, it was maybe the deadliest elbow, elbow since. Uh, uh, John Jones used his elbow to uh, push in uh, Matt Hamill's uh, right eye in their match. Um, and then for, uh, I also have to give the another uh, finish of the night to Inouye over Watanabe just because, listen, it's one thing to knock out a guy, it's another thing to submit a guy who's a top-level grappler. Um, it, it was like when uh, Pettis submitted Henderson in their second match, where it's just like, I can't believe that's how the fight ended. And that's that was my reaction when that happened. Um, but overall, Eric, what did you, uh, 
the card. Do you, I don't know if you score cards on a n- numeric level or whatever. What are your overall thoughts how this card went for Ryzen's first return show? Well, okay, so I'll tell you, like, after uh, I was I was really happy to have Ryzen back. I was I was uh, I was thrilled. Um, I remember, you know, the the walkouts at the beginning. I got the chills. I was really into mm-hmm. it. Um, it was definitely definitely great to have Ryzen back. I was very happy about that. Um, in like during the show, it was it was very fun. There was a lot of a lot of uh, first round finishes. A lot of like almost all finishes, like we said. Um, but kind of in retrospect, it was like not a super competitive event, right? It was like, there wasn't any really competitive fight. There wasn't, there wasn't, uh, I don't know. It's like, it wasn't that high quality of fighting, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, Whereas I, I think in, I think in 23, I think we got some better, better fights. Oh no, I agree. Uh, this was like a, like whenever they have a card in like Hamamatsu or one of the outer, uh, Kanto region areas or non or Osaka is that Kanto region as well? No. Okay, yeah, just like outside. Osaka. Sorry, what was that? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say yeah, like this felt like one of those cars that they have like the uh, Aichi Prefectural Stadium or Hamamatsu Arena or just outside the Tokyo Osaka area, um, t- that type of a card. Uh, Christian, overall, your thoughts about the card? I thought it was just crazy to see a fight end in mostly finishes. Yeah. I mean, it would have been cool if the fight card would have ended in all finishes, and that way we would have had, you know, a lot more to talk. I mean, a lot less to talk about, but a lot more to be marveled at, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, they could have. I mean, it was close. That kickboxing fight was close to being stopped. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, that that mm-hmm. Ibata fight was almost stopped, but still... I just think it was fun seeing, you know, a fight card start off slow. No, it actually, I, was, I just thought it was fun seeing a fight card end, I mean, start and end with excitement. Mm-hmm. It was just nothing but excitement, and the fact that all the fights, almost all the fights ended in finishes, it was just a great night. Fun bad by all, even though people still give Ryzen a bunch of crap for, you know, being Japan. I mean, having this archaic structure of the streaming service, which we enjoy. Believe us, we did enjoy that streaming service. But the point of the matter was, if this fight card would have been on Ryzen, and we would have had to deal with some racist comments and all that, in the comment section, and, you know, people giving Ryzen so much shit, I mean, would we have enjoyed it as much as we would have enjoyed it late Saturday night, early Sunday morning? Hmm. I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll let you answer that um, first. I'll tell you, I, 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 so, like, I don't, um, I don't know, I, like, I think the, the, the stream, I think is a really great idea. I think it was awesome. I think it's. I think they should definitely continue with with this because I think they probably make a lot more money than they make off a fight. Oh yeah. And that's even even if they cut this price in half, I bet they're still making a lot more money. And uh, like and so, what I'm hoping is just that they they come to their senses about these prices and uh, and lower like really by half lower the lower the cost of these cards and. Um, uh, keep with the streaming service, 
that they're that they're doing. And yeah, so I I I, I think that was a success. Um, what someone um, I'm trying to remember who. Oh, it was it was our buddy Luke, um, trashy uh, trashy Drake fan, uh, who uh, was asked who he theorized uh, or he was asking was the job was were jobs at all affected in Japan and because he had a theory that maybe that the job market was not as hit as opposed to like other countries like America not as bad as the, not as bad as the US but okay. it's uh, but it's bad and 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 like yeah it's it's bad and not as bad as the US but it's bad and they we um I don't know we we got a little bit of uh, supplement from the government, but not not a ton. Like I actually think you guys got more in the mm. U.S. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's no the, the the economy here sucks too. Like I, I don't I have no idea what they were thinking about when they were doing that. And I mean you saw like look there was they sold like two thousand seats, and mm. and I think that a lot of that is because of the economy. Mm. And I don't know actually I don't know if you guys noticed, but they they've been tweeting a lot and uh, about like piracy on youtube and stuff so clearly they're they're clearly that's an issue as well hmm. um, like ryzen, ryzen was like if you see anything on youtube tell us so we can take it down all this stuff well uh in the uh in the word uh, and maybe uh a good philosopher probably said in the past but uh good luck with that uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah like, like upon thousands of people basically Putting that shit on YouTube nowadays. I mean, that's like all the comments I heard was like, was on, on Twitter and stuff was like, if you guys had just made this cheaper, I totally would have paid for it. You know, I mean, and like, like it's, it's, uh, it was just way too much money. And I think they got, I really think they got greedy. You know, they're doing the, doing the, the crowdfunding and, and the, Raising the prices on the tickets and raising the prices on the PPV and all this stuff. So. You know, it's, and, you know, I did see. You know, we had our, our buddy Joseph Matos and others talk about like, you know, why is why is US why is nobody have problem with UFC and you know, their pricing? Actually, they're going to be raising their prices now. I think the ESPN thing is going to be fifteen dollars a month. I think, or it's it's going to double digits. No longer be nine ninety nine. So that's almost. I think it's around like seventy dollars, a pay per view for the numbered. I think. I'm sorry, but a UFC pay-per-view is just like head and shoulders better in terms of like quality of fighters. I mean, I, I, I love I love Ryzen, but yeah. but you don't have you know Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic, right? But like also, the, that's not that's that's not on the card. The other big factor though, though is that the UFC is a market leader. They do not have to cater to anybody else. They are the market leader in America and for the most part internationally. It's it's Ryzen who has to be the one who has to be aware. You know what? We are not UFC. We cannot do the same thing that they do when it comes to charging for our shows. We need to be yeah. more cognizant that we are at a certain level. Uh, and while they yeah they may be number one in Japan, you know Japan's an island. The rest of the world is yeah. not an island. I don't mean it as an insult, but that you know we we talked about about that before. Uh, you know, that just, you know, sometimes uh, Japan does operate as if it's on its own island without any cognizance of anything that that goes outside the world. Um, yeah, you know, and I mean, and that's, and that's to an extent, that's cool, right? Like, I, I respect that. I, I think, okay, so we have, we have our own culture and we don't really give a shit about the rest of you guys. And I, I think that's fine, you know, but 
<clears throat> another country that's kind of like that actually is India, in my experience, is like Indian stuff, like Indian culture. Like we have our own thing. We don't care about the rest of it. And so I think that's that's great, you know. But if 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 you're struggling for money, like Ryzen, and you want to you want to make more money, then you got to reach out a little bit, and you got to put a little effort into like the international marketing. I mean, the the joke, the joke that I made was they hired what they hired twelve new Ryzen girls, and they don't have anybody who speaks English, except for one guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got they got like Shingo, and that's it. If I'm not mistaken, isn't one of those Verizon girls currently the ring announcer for Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling? I think, yeah, 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 Christian, yeah, she is. Um, uh, yeah, and they also hired a rap group the next day. Um, yeah, it's like, come on, I mean, spend a little bit of that money on your international marketing, and you would you would get it back, right? It's not like it's not like you'd be wasting the money. I can tell you but, this for a fact that they have lost so much good. Even though the show show was great. They lost so much goodwill since that New Year's Eve show. And it's disappointing to say, really. It's really, really disappointing to say because they were... I think it was fair to say they had... Uh, well, I have a friend who likes to say this. Capture the zeitgeist with that New Year's Eve show that they had. Because uh, I did not hear one bad thing about that show other than the intermissions. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and, that, and that, that Bellator show was awesome, too. You know, you had, the, you had Bellator, and then you had that sh- and this show. They were just, like, two days apart, and it was, it was amazing. It was a really cool event. It was like, ah, MMA is back in Japan, and everyone's loving it, and this is a huge card at Saitama. And they, they, they even, like, open up the upper deck, which they haven't been doing lately. And, uh, and it, was, it was great. And it was great, and yeah, and you're right. And then they, they, uh, they sort of piss it all away. I mean, of course, the of course the Corona stuff. Like you, obviously, you can't plan for that. But yeah, but uh, but but still. I think there's a point where you can't say, okay, it was Corona. There's a you know March, April, June. Yeah, but listen, it's I think it's August now, uh, and if you haven't adapted to what the world like is now with Corona, then I think you're just gonna be you're gonna be a, on a boat by yourself if you yeah. if. If you don't realize that, because if you don't realize it now, you'll never realize it. Do you think they'll they'll lower the prices for either tickets or this service, Eric? I do, I do. I mean, and I'm I'm basing this just totally on like intuition, but I but I I I, I do think they're gonna uh, lower the prices. I think this was like meant to be like a stopgap kind of measure just to keep them from going under, and uh, now. They got the they got the crowdfunding money. They got the money for the the tickets and the the uh, pay per view. And so okay, so now they have operating expenses for the next several months. So yeah, I I I'd, li- I'd like to think they're going to. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, I'm gonna uh, this is what Bob B Sapu at B Sapu one uh, uh, said. Uh, he said Ryzen twenty two had two thousand eight hundred five lowest its Ryzen tenants ever. Uh, seven two seven thousand two hundred fifteen for both days. Tickets were more expensive than usual. Ninety five, one forty three, one hundred ninety, two thirty seven, two eighty five, nine forty five. That's an American U.S. dollars. With the average ticket price in the one hundred fifty dollar to two hundred dollar range, it makes an estimated around one million to one and a half million for both gates. Uh, as well along with the crowdfunding of around six hundred sixty thousand dollars that they have. Uh, American dollars that they have gathered. So they clearly made money on this show. I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see what they do with that money. 
I'm, I'm assuming that since also, you know, probably September, there probably won't be any Japanese or non-Japanese fighters. I can't believe that they're, no, they're not going to, that the Japan will open up its border, which means that, you know, less money to spend on international people. I mean, they certainly will have the money to stave off any sort of financial difficulties that they were dealing with just a few months ago. The one, the, the one possibility that you could see is that you see in the news here and they're, they're talking about like making sort of like an area of business cooperation. And, uh, that would be Thailand. That would be Australia. That would be New Zealand. That would, uh, that might, they might like let business travel happen more easily. So, um, so it's conceivable that they, that they would call that like business, business travel between those countries. So it's possible you could see some Thai based people or Australia based people. Uh, I also know that they're opening up, uh, to, if you are married to a Japanese citizen, but don't have Japanese citizenship, or if you have like a residency, um, Yeah, like like for like for me, for example, like if 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 like my my you know God forbid one of my parents got sick or something and I wanted to go back and see them, so before I would not be able to return, but now theoretically I would be able to return if something like that happened. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I don't know how many fighters are under that uh, that type of I guess uh, status. I'm Probably guessing. Not many. Yeah, not many. <laughs> at all if any um the business thing might be interesting but i don't know will that extend to sports because i know like that's a different category i i, I would presume uh, i think that just depends on horizon's government connections i would imagine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh christian what do you think about this about this uh fifty dollars you think it's going to be long term or you think it was just for these two shows shit i hope it won't be long term but then again, and they, I mean, you know about this fighter pro say, you know how Japanese, I mean, you know how the Japanese marketplace is, you know what Japanese, what the Japanese have been thinking of the future for like 25 years and stuff. I mean, you will probably know more than me that Japan thinks on their own. They don't think any outside help. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what we were saying, you know, but, but I just, I just think, and especially in the case with, uh, you know, MMA and it's an international sport. And, uh, and I think that if Ryzen wants to be, you know, they want to be a player, then they gotta, they gotta, they gotta think a little bit about it. They basically, they gotta do what one FC does. They got, they got, yeah, to... I mean, cause you know, cause one, is, one is awesome, right? Like everything is free. I mean, of course they're losing money hand over fist, but like, like everything is free and like, it's great, you know? And it's like, you just pop it up on YouTube or whatever, actually, but you can't do that anymore in Japan. So I have, I have trouble. Uh, I have to watch on Abima, which is all Japanese mm. commentary. So I, I don't, don't understand all the commentary for one anymore, but yeah, no, no okay. shoe bellow for me. <laughs> <laughs> down to what Ryzen should do. I think they should kiss and make up the fight because it's like we keep going on and on and on about they want to do business in North America. They want to do business in Europe. They want to do I mean they want to do future shows in the United States. They want to have a show one day in the United States like for example these two Brazilian promotions 
And I've never heard that. I've only heard of one by way of a fighter going to the UFC in SFT and Taurus MMA. Both of those promotions are going to have events in Florida. I <laughs> love talking about Florida. But both of those two promotions are going to have events in Florida coming up with one of them, SFT, putting an event on Fight TV. Mm-hmm. I think you got to always make exception when it comes to stuff in Florida, though. You can't, you can't, you, Florida is like, like here's the thing, if Ryzen wanted to do a show in the United States, like now, I presume that Florida is the only place they could do it, and I don't think that's the ideal place where they would want to do it. Florida or Hawaii? Okay, yeah, Hawaii, I forgot, yeah. Hawaii, yeah, I could see them doing a show in Hawaii. That would be, that would be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But especially, especially considering the close proximity between Japan and the United States, basically like the midway point. Mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. those two countries. Mm-hmm. But still, point of the matter is... Hawaii is really big in Japanese culture, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I want to do business in North America, if I want to do potential business in the United States, like have an event, they need to do something with fight TV. They need to do something with some English language or American-based I mean, broadcast provider or streaming provider that can help them out. Because if they can't, you know, if they don't have a presence here in the States, what makes people think they're going to get behind them, you know, prior to a big-time event? Also, I'll say this. Eve, up until the day of the second show, I was getting messages, how do I watch Ryzen? Ryzen did not do a good good job promoting their their streaming service, at least internationally. I don't know how it was right. in Japan, but yeah, I was the two questions were, how do I watch these shows, and help me with this with this uh, with this user interface. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's because it came out like two days before the event. Right? Oh yeah. So like, <laughs> like, what are they gonna do? Yeah, they 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 should have they should have worked this out like two months ago. Yeah. Oh um, my God. It was. Well, here's a here's a question. Here's a question for you guys. Like, what did you? How do you feel about watching Ryzen with no English commentary? Hmm. I have no problem with I, it. Answer it first. I thought it was a little confusing, but it was still fun. Yeah. Because it basically gives us a whole new meaning, a whole new side to, you know, how it is to feel emotional through commentary. Hmm. Yeah. I've always because normally, mm-hmm. normally we get our commentary through. I mean, for the longest amount of time, we got it through Frank Trigg and Joe Morrow, But unfortunately, they're not going to be a part of Ryzen anymore due to obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. With them no longer being on fights. I'm someone who's old. Who I when, when, that when it came down to us experiencing it, it was weird. It was confusing. But we got to enjoy it. Yeah. And I think... I, I, I never understood this whole thing when people have problems with no English commentary. I'll tell you this. I don't, I don't know what most of the Japanese commentators... I like to say this about the Japanese comment, commentators. I don't know what they're saying, but I like what they're saying. They seem more passionate. They, they seem to know when to get excited, when how, how to assess what's going on. 
And I've been watching, you know, when I used to get VHSs of FMW shows and New Japan shows and all Japan shows, it would either be no commentary or Japanese commentary. It's something that I'm used to. I guess there's a younger audience that's just so used to, you know, either English dubs of Naruto or DBZ or just stuff where they expect it to be in their language. So I think... I know that bothers a lot of people uh, that when there's a commentary that they can't understand. But as long as I, as long as they have the fighters' names in English, and I and I, that's fine. That's yeah. all I care about. That's the thing because like they didn't right. It was it was all like that. Only when they came out. Little, that no. was even a little trouble for me. It was like the, all the all the kanji names. I had to look some of that stuff up because I got a little confused about who was who a couple times. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, okay, I got to check this kanji. You know, see what name this is. Uh, yeah, so I, I I think if they did a little little bit of on-screen English, like yeah. graphics, it, it would be helpful. Oh, I, I think that's the bare minimum that, that yeah. you can put. And, you know, I know for the Fuji TV broadcast, what they would do is they'll have a picture of the fighter next to her name, which I don't know why and more MMA promotions don't do that. Why do they always have to say, you know, oh, blue corner is this fighter, red corner is this fighter, when they got, like, a little piece of tape on their on their on their glove that you can barely see. And also if you're colorblind, it ain't going to matter because you can't see the red and, and, and the blue either. So I just never understood why just have the fighters, you know, this is going to sound stupid, but I'm gonna, a lot of Americans, if it's between two, five foot seven, 135 pound Japanese uh, guys with black hair, they're not going to tell the difference. Unless yeah. one of them has tattoos. That's why I was, during our commentary, I was like, oh, Hagiwara has the tattoos while uh, Shirakawa does not because yeah. that's the easiest way to tell them apart. Sure, um, sure. So that's 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 clear. That's an issue with with a lot of Americans. Um, fight pros, Eric. Um, I just want to give you a chance to uh, to plug your your all the work that you do, where people can reach you, and then uh, I'm gonna Christian will do the salutations as always. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, all right. Yeah, guys. So you can uh, you can probably the best place to find me is just on Twitter, and that's at fight pros. And it's F-I-G-H-T-P-R-O-S-E, right? That's like prose, like writing, not prose, like professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Like I have, I did a really like long ass post about, about the weekend. So you, you, you can come read that now uh, about both the Ryzen shows and like I said, some of the Bellator stuff. Um, my next post is probably going to be on the one show this Friday. I'll probably do another another like diary for that. Um, so yeah, so that's it. I, and I really recommend everybody check out your diary because it's fa- it's really amazing. You have all the pictures, uh, like the backstage pictures, and you have stuff from Instagram and all the Twitters and all that stuff. You, you I like it's multi, it's multimedia, I guess. Yeah, multi- I think- yeah, it's just not. It's just not a blog. It's not just like an empty blog on like a on like on on like Amiblo, Amiblo, whatever uh, the Japanese journals card. And yeah, I just I try to add some stuff in and, and some stupid stories and stuff like that. So. And also, you quoted Cocoon the Return as well. <laughs> Yeah, like I was, I always, I always have to start with a quote, and usually I go more literary. But then I was like, oh, what is a good sort of 
Ah, Cocoon the Return. That's good for Ryzen coming back. So. Well, you know, I would have preferred Cocoon the first one, but listen, I'll, t- I'll take the return because it's not that bad. No, but you gotta, you gotta watch the watch the trailer and the end, the end of the trailer of Cocoon is like, we're coming home. And it was like, that's how I felt about Ryzen. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christian, you know what to do. Okay, if you like we said, like I said before, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at ChrisGary92, at FridayPearls, at Avenger1, at We Are Rising Pod. If you want to check us out, you can do so. Follow us on Twitter. Check out our show on YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, and all podcast providers. And also check out the Rising Fight Federation. As they are on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But please don't snitch on YouTube because people need to watch more of their fights. <laughs> but still, YouTube.com slash user slash Rise and Fight Federation. On Instagram at Rise and Fight Federation. Facebook.com slash Rise and Fight Federation. And on Twitter at Rise underscore PR or Rise underscore English. And... Again, we thank you, Fighter Pros, for, you know, joining us on this little broadcast. Next time we'll talk to y'all, we'll be talking with Dress. We will be talking, easy for me to say, with Trashy Drake fan about Ryzen 23. But other than that, it's about that time. And so for all of y'all, well, for all of us, to all of you, we thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We hope you enjoyed what we had to offer. And as the great Lenny Hart always likes to say... And with that, we out this mug. Talk to y'all later. Peace out.